Indescribable Podcast. We'll talk about Zoe. One Indescribable Podcast. They'll share their points of view. And in this one week, start with our new show where we meet Zoe Clark. It's a secret power to hear folks in her thoughts expressed in the form of musical numbers which she can control yet now onto your favorite podcast when we bring all of our takes for you Yes, that is right. We are here. We are back at One Indescribable Podcast to do something new. It is the start of a new era, the start of a new show, a great time to be alive here as all three of us here at One Indescribable Podcast are moving away officially now from our flagship show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and on to a new show, something new i just i really just said that i don't know i'm trying to make this more dramatic than than probably it needs to be but like you know who who yeah. am i right like yeah. say, that's the adam brand what is this so. yeah like of course that's what's going to be happening um and in that drama we have picked a show uh i say we very liberally because i had absolutely no part in picking the show but we have picked a show here at one of the scrub podcasts that i think is going to be a ton of fun here to cover uh, and thankfully, you don't have to just listen to me, uh, Adam H, talking about this new show or really talking about anything. I have like this first like minute here to hold everyone hostage until I bring in uh, everyone else. And I those times I really cherish. I really cherish these times with you, whoever's listening. Um, and speaking of cherishing those times, someone who, at least in my opinion, has so much water vive uh, that it's almost uh, palpable. Todd, Todd Lay Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. I, uh, I've never really seen myself as a joie de vivre person before, but I, uh, I'm open-minded. I'm willing to roll with it. I th- well, I think you, I think, I mean, I certainly think you have some of that element. No, I mean, I, f- I feel like there's always a lot of positivity, uh, you know, coming from you, a lot of ideas, uh, you know, obviously the flip side, whatever people make you mad, I'm terrified and I want to go <laughs> you know, hide in a corner and never, you know, see any part of it. But, uh, you know, most of the time, I feel like you, you bring about a very good presence, a very good aura, a very good energy. Uh. I guess I, maybe I'm the Simon of the podcast. I'm like all bubbly on the outside and the inside, you know, just, you know, depths yeah. of depression. So, okay. It took me a second to remember who yeah, Simon I remember, yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we really yeah. cannot be whipping out these quick Sorry. references this Sorry. early in the podcast. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the first scene yet. Yeah. Um, we, we did have to, we did have to like refresh Adam's <laughs> memory about all character names before we got on the air. So I even watched this episode twice too. That's like the worst part. I like was so, I should have been so ready for this. Um, okay. It's not just us, Todd. We have, of course, our uh, compadre here uh, to, to join us. Someone who's been with us the entire time. I just have one question for uh, for you, Lindy, what makes you think that you are good podcaster material? Well, all I do is win. You yes, know? yes, <laughs> I love it. Okay, the promotion's yours. Yeah, it's all yours. It's very easy. <laughs> Thank to you. Get that. Yeah, congratulations. Thank uh, you so it's, much. It's very easy to get promoted. You could do it in one episode. It's, I mean, right here, one podcast episode. You've been promoted. Congratulations. I just broke the glass ceiling, right? <laughs> um, sure. 
I, I don't know that that like super applies here. Um, I know, <laughs> but you know, um, maybe it does. Congratulations. However, you, however you want to do it. Um, here we are, Lindy. Zoe's extraordinary playlist, season one, episode one, start of a new time, a whole new show. How are you? Just how are you feeling in general here? I'm feeling great. Um, I this is a show. I, I'm sure we'll go over this. This is a show I've seen before, so I'm familiar with it. I enjoyed it a lot. I watched it from the beginning. Uh, when it was on so it's nice to revisit it i've only seen it once so this is my first time re-watching okay. um this was fun to get into uh to be honest like i forgot most of the character names so i was looking out for those too and they didn't do a great job nope. of calling people by their names early on i'll i'll to be fair to you <laughs> yeah they, they didn't at all um I didn't want to be the one to say it because I like I am very much admitting that that is a weakness of mine. I'm I'm really bad at it, and I try to make it clear that I'm very bad at it. I totally agree, though. There there were not a lot of people addressing other people by their names, and at the start of a new show, I would like to see some of that. Uh, that's really very helpful for for the watcher, I think. Um, Honestly, but that's a great. I forgot yeah. Max's name and they didn't use it for ages. And I was no. like, wh wh why does no one say, hey, Max? <laughs> How yeah, you doing? It, it could be so. It's literally that simple. Uh, anyone, literally anyone could have said it in any number of the circumstances where there were people walking up to him, um, you know, in a conversation. But OK, whatever. We'll get over that. OK, we, we'll overcome. We'll get the names. Someone will get the names. That's for sure. Um, it won't be me. But that is a great segue into the show as a whole here. Um, I am curious to go, you know, kind of around the horn in terms of our history with this show, uh, you know, seeing it thoughts just overall. Uh, and I can start because it's very easy. I haven't seen a single second of the show besides this very first episode. Uh, and so I have absolutely nothing to base this, off, base this off of. So this totally new for me. This will be a very new experience. Uh, and having it be a new experience is also subsequently another new experience for me because that is not something I'm used to uh, in the world of podcasting. So uh, this will be exciting to kind of go through something new with people who have already seen it. Um, Todd, your history with uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Play, ZP, Zep. We'll come up with it. We'll come, we'll come up with something there. But uh, your uh, history with the show. Yeah, so I watched Zep when it was originally airing. So I watched it week to week, like pretty much as it dropped. I would I would watch it. Uh, I was a big fan from the start. Of course, I was drawn in because it was a musical series. But I also uh, was from unlike uh, 6G, where I basically didn't know anybody before it started. Really, uh, I knew several of the the main cast of this before. And of course, Skylar Aston. Knew him for Pitch Perfect. Uh, Jane Levy knew her from Suburgatory. Alex Newell, who plays No, uh, knew them from uh, Glee and the Glee Project. Uh, and then, of course, Lauren Graham from Gilmore Girls. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of like relatively big names for me that really made like even if I hadn't been interested in it, I think those names would have brought me to it. And then, yeah, I fell in love with it pretty quickly. Uh, and I think I'm the only one of the three of us I think who has seen all of this because they also did like a tv movie afterwards to kind of wrap things up after the show got canceled i think i'm the only one of us who has seen like the tv movie so of the three i'm the one who has the the full breadth of everything i think lindy has seen everything except for the tv movie and then adam is coming in fresh so yeah i uh, but no i liked a lot it was it was a really uh, i don't know if it's like a 
big show in the Discord uh, for PSR, but there were quite a few of us who were like very, you know, regular watches, watchers and had lots of discussions about it in the Discord at the time, which also, I think, added a lot to like my enjoyment of the show because I got to have lots of conversations about it at the time. Yeah, that's exciting. I don't know how much like conversation I've seen, uh, you know, in the Discord, but I guess I really wasn't like looking for it or anything like that. So hoping, you know, that we can get uh, some of those folks who were in those conversations or who have seen the show to come join us, um, especially those who like maybe didn't join us for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, this feels like, but you know, somewhat similar in the sense that there's still going to be music, at least from my understanding. Uh, you know, playlist is in the name of the show, so there's probably going to be some songs. Um, but it does seem like they're doing it quite differently in this show. Um, and then I, you know, without any kind of spoilers at all here, as we're kind of just talking about the show in general, before we start with episode one, um, just overall thoughts on the show itself. I mean, it's got just off the bat, the things that I do know about it canceled after not very many seasons, not very many episodes didn't seem to gather a huge following but maybe had kind of like you know a, a dedicated group that loved it as opposed to kind of mass appeal um and then like you know like we said there are some bigger ish names in the show that like are, you know they're not nobody these are not people that have never done anything they're you know some people i do recognize but like not not any massive massive names here i think that you know lauren graham is a pretty good get just over off the bat of the people that i've seen thus far um, but I, I don't know of any, you know, guests or any celebrity guests or anything like that, but I'm just curious, you know, Todd and Linda, your overall thoughts on the show. Why is this what we're covering next after craziest girlfriend? Because, uh, you know, at least from my perspective, I, <laughs> I had no idea what this was. So this was all, this was all you two. Uh, I don't know if you also wanted more of my history with it. I kind of said that I, watched it when it came out really similar to Todd I watched it you know week by week when it came out I think I don't know exactly what the biggest draw for me but I was definitely interested in seeing Lauren Graham in something um and it just seemed like a like a fun bright show um also notably Peter Gallagher is in this um of the OC and probably many other things um so that was exciting to me um and yeah just thoughts on the show i mean i think part pr probably the big reason we're doing this is because it also involves music like there's a really direct connection here between crazy ex-girlfriend and this because it's really heavily focused on music with the main character having some type of special connection to it very different connection than rebecca for sure but zoe also has a connection to music um, and then the other reason is we just love Skylar Aston, and so we just had to cover this show. Yeah, we are huge Skylar Aston fans, as has been uh, noted on this podcast many times. Skylar Aston is our hero. Um, maybe that should be our ultimate goal: is to get Skylar Aston onto this podcast at some point. How attainable is that goal? Feels like not very attainable. Zero percent chance, okay. I would say. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, maybe one day we can all, we can all dream, right? Like we can all dream this guy. Uh, we can like, dream about it, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. um <laughs> and I think another thing that kind of connects us to CXG, not to the same extremes, maybe, uh, but I think this is another show that really blends like the comedy and the drama really well. 
Um, I think you see that a bit in this first episode. I think it leans on the drama a little bit more than the comedy as opposed to 6G that leans on the comedy a little bit more than drama, but has a nice mix and deals with some heavy topics over the course of its couple of seasons. So I think that's another thing that kind of makes it an interesting show to cover because it's not just like a, a light, fluffy musical comedy, which are fun, but I think there is some meat to get into. Like in this episode alone, just everything was Zoe's dad, things with Simon's dad. And, you know, obviously if it's always that is not going to go away, uh, you know, anytime soon, you know, it's definitely going to be like a, a, a big storyline throughout, throughout the show. Uh, so I think that's another reason to kind of make it like put on the radar for a show to be like an interesting show to talk about. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think without any other further ado, um, we're going to get into the episode. Just a quick note up front. Uh, if you are uh, only here for Todd's Game Corner, uh, we do apologize. We're going to be putting that on Yadis for the time being. Um, but also, if you're only here for Todd's Game Corner, um, you know, get with the program. There's a lot of other fun stuff here that we're going to be doing. So, uh, you know, apologies for that. But uh, we, uh, we'll, we're putting it on Yadis for now. We'll still be doing some rankings. We'll still be doing some uh, our, what we call previously truly happy points. We'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But just wanted to give that note up front now in case you were thinking about skipping ahead. Which you shouldn't, but you know, just just in case you were. Um, but without any further ado, let's get into this Zoe's extraordinary playlist, season one, episode one. Lindy, for the first time in the new show, take it away. Oh my gosh, how I've missed this! It's been a while since I took it away. <laughs> so this episode is called Pilot. Really exciting, but. <laughs> Um, we'll get different episode titles starting next time. Uh, so this episode is the first of the show. It starts with our main character, Zoe. Uh, she wakes up. You know, she hears music. Basically, her neighbor is singing. Uh, so she walks across the hall and knocks on Mo's door to ask about the music. Like, do you really have to be singing this loud this early? I've got a big day at work today. And Mo asks Zoe, like, how else am I supposed to listen to Wham? <laughs> So turns out Mo has actually never gone to bed. Uh, he's been up all night thinking about an idea for a line of caftans. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, Zoe has to go off to work. And as she does that, Mo asks what music she's listening to. And she says, oh, you wouldn't know the band. Uh, but when she puts her headphones on, we actually hear that she's listening to like a podcast. Uh, shout out to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we love when people are listening to podcasts, uh, and I love watching people listen to podcasts. That's just great television. We love to see it. Really, really strong start to the show here. Um, I totally agree with the sentiment. How else are you supposed to listen to Wham? Uh, that's how I listen to Wham. I don't know about the rest of y'all, uh, but you got to do what you got to do, Todd. Yeah, especially waking up before you go-go. Yeah. You, you can't have that one be, like, silent. You know, yeah. you can't have that on low volume. You got to belt wake me up before you go-go at the top of your lungs. I think this is a great introduction to Mo as a character. I think you pretty much know everything you need to know about Mo from the get-go. You know, just, like, just big personality, loves the saying, is very creative, and doesn't necessarily live the nine-to-five life, but it's just like up all night because he had some artistic ideas, you know. So I think this is like a really nice introduction to Mo. And uh, I don't know if it's a – I think it's a fine introduction to Zoe. I don't know if we completely have gotten the full range of her, but it's – you do see her like she's struggling with her whether she's going to like confront Mo about the noise or not. So you already see like this kind of like nervous, should I, shouldn't I, don't like confrontation, but it's driving me crazy 
aspect to her. And then the fact that she's like into podcasts instead of music, it's going to be kind of a, a running thing with her as well. She's, she's not a music person. Moe's a big music person. Zoe, not so much. We also see that she's got like a poster on her wall that says everything is under control, but it's the control key on a keyboard. Yeah, so kind of like foreshadowing her uh, her role as a coder for SparkPoint. Is that, I mean, is this big, like under control? Is that like a big thing for this show? Um, I don't know if it's, if it's a huge thing, but I think it is kind of uh, emblematic of Zoe's personality that she wants to be in control of things. And that's kind of why all of this is like, right, right now her life is not under her control. So I think... Uh, as like an overall theme, I don't know if that poster gets brought up a lot. Again, I've only watched the show once, so there's some things that I don't remember for sure. Uh, but I think it is kind of like a good symbol of who Zoe is, whether it's a thing that's going to come back and back like the truly happy butter, you know, who knows. So then we see Zoe and her good friend Max uh, getting coffee before work. They're talking about how their boss, Joan, is making everyone at the office go after a promotion. And Zoe is really nervous about this, but Max is encouraging. And he says, you know, now's not the time to be modest. Like, you really did a lot for this recent app that they worked on. And also, like, you should compliment Joan because she's a narcissist. So we learned some stuff about Joan before we've ever seen her. Um, and then they walk in the office and this guy walks by. We'll later learn this is Simon. And Zoe says howdy <laughs> to him, which is funny. Yeah, um, he's I can't help but think of howdy duty here. Uh, <laughs> classic form of greeting, you know, whenever you're meeting someone new. Howdy duty. You get one of those. That was, that was specifically for Jess Sterling right there. That was my one uh, one little call out. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, I like is never Max calls it out. A, uh, so it's like, yes, that I did. I don't know. We have to keep reliving it. <laughs> so he's very much like wanting to just move on. I think this first scene is really good showing like the banter between Zoe and Max, and, like uh, establishing their friendship relationship. I think it's a pretty good setup for, for them. Like, they're, they're, they're like best work friends. Yeah, and we all we learn in this dialogue that uh, Simon's the new guy, um, and that's all we see of him for now. And Max kind of pumps Zoe up before her interview, going into Joan's office. So th this is really about like the dynamic between Zoe and Max, and you know this guy Simon coming into the picture here. Yeah. So what do you guys think of this as an intro to Max? I think it kind of sums him up relatively well because Zoe's all for the promotion, and Zach. Uh, Max is very much like, yeah, no, we're not all magic material, and I'm fine with that, which I I identify with. I, I've over the years I've had like bosses who're like, you know, Todd, you should try to like move up the ladder. I'm like, no, no, I'm as far up the ladder as I would like to go. Thank you very much. I don't really need any more managerial responsibility. I I have like the amount I have is about to you know you know make me lose my mind at times. So I think I think you know I'm at the I'm at the level where I'm good. Um, yeah, I feel like that, especially at least in the, in the line of work that I have, the corporate <laughs> business worlds, whatever, there's always this thought of like, when can I apply for my next promotion? Like, how can I move this ladder? How should I position myself? That's like half of having a career is thinking about the future of your career and where you want that career to go. Like that's literally so much of it. And so like this idea of like, you know, applying to applying to jobs or, or asking for a promotion or talking to your boss is like, 
very, very relevant. And it's something that I hate with all of my heart <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Um, first and foremost, like capitalism, you know, whatever. Uh, we can talk about how like that whole system needs to go. But then also, uh, I, I kind of agree with the sentiment of Todd that I think is really interesting. I, I doubt the show is going to explore it a ton. But just this idea of like things being more important than your job, like the, the work-life balance of it all and like the, the outside things kind of having that major priority and maybe not caring so much about work uh is is a very important thing that at least in my life has been something that i've been thinking about a lot recently and so uh that definitely you know hit right off the bat yeah so we see zoe's interview with joan joan is played by lauren graham and you know she's asking zoe why are you good management material and also about, you know, how significant was your contribution to this app, this photo sharing app? Um, and Zoe is really not very confident. She's a little shaky. She says, well, it was a group effort, but, you know, uh, six, T, four, 64 <laughs> percent is what she ends up saying, kind of based on Joan's reaction to all this. <laughs> um and yeah, she's really not confident. And Joan asks her if she'd be comfortable being the bad guy. And Zoe says, well, I'm not really comfortable with anything. That's why I became a coder. <laughs> yep. Um, it's like, she's she's obviously, like, she does it as a joke. I mean, she does it really exaggerated and kind of does like the, puts her hand up her mouth like she's saying something in confidence, like kind of joke with jo Joan. And Joan just like deadpan glares at her. It's just like, you know, this is no joking matter. Why are you trying to make bring humor into the interview process? <laughs> like, poor Zoe. Yeah, so it doesn't seem to go very well, and Zoe walks out. Now it's Leaf's turn to interview, and, you know, Zoe's disappointed. She says that, you know, she wanted to have good news for her dad. Yeah, I don't know that I, like, have any any major thoughts about uh, any of this scene. I did think it was funny um, when Joan was like, uh, or, or, or Zoe asked, you know, what do you want me to give a percent? And it was like, no, I want you to give me a, a latte. Uh, of course I want to give me a percent. Um, yes, yeah, so, like, that was funny. Uh, interesting introduction to, to Lauren Graham. I, you know, uh, it was okay. I don't know that I'm, like, in love with her character at this point or even, like, find that character to be more than just one dimensional at this particular point. But uh, I like Lauren Graham. So, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to see me coming for Joan anytime soon. Yeah. I'd say this is like a very different character than what you typically see Lauren Graham playing. This is not Lorelai. This is not her, oh, her character from parenthood. whose name Sarah. I, Sarah. Yeah. It's not her, from parenthood or from mighty ducks. You know, a, uh, this is very much like the, the buttoned up person who's got it all together character which is not typically lauren graham's a uh, you know a, a cup of tea so it's definitely a very a uh, interesting character to see her play and see her tackle something a little bit different she has like the quick-witted aspect of it but it's not the typical thing so yeah I, I do think that we will see more dimension to her character as the show moves forward i agree in this first one she's very much there just to be like the barrier to zoe you know just like the obstacle to overcome so we heard Zoe mention her dad there, and then we go to a scene at Zoe's parents' house. Um, we see that her mom is feeding her dad, um, and Zoe's offering to help, but, you know, her mom says, well, like, he wouldn't want to burden you with this. 
And Zoe's basically, I get, I think going back to the control thing we were talking about, like she wants to help. She wants to make things better when it's really out of her control. So she's talking about wanting to open a window because her dad loved to be outside. But basically her brother is shutting that down. Like what? You want to give him pneumonia? Like it's fine. Um, so we see kind of a frustration here of there's really nothing Zoe can do. Yeah, there's not, I mean, you know, there's nothing that she can do. Do we know um, at this point anyway what her dad has or what the situation is there? Um, they mention briefly that he has, because never she like kind of pours her heart out to Simon just like right randomly, just that it's it's some sort of like a neurological condition. Okay. Uh, that started like around a year ago. Like he started happening around a year ago. At one point, Maggie says like he was he was really still fine like six months ago. So it's been like this gradual deterioration over the course of the last year. Uh, but I don't think they put an actual name to the condition in this episode. But it is just like some sort of neurological thing that has slowly started to take away its ability to do certain things. Yeah, she says to Simon that basically, you know, he's slowly dying from this. So obviously, that's just totally heartbreaking and obviously difficult for her to be dealing with like this. Yeah. And so Adam, just thoughts on, on this whole, the whole situation with this. Uh, did you expect anything this like heavy coming into the first episode? Well, and so he, here's the thing. I, so I do, I do have kind of big overall thoughts on this arc, this episode that I'll, I'll probably talk about when we actually get to the end of, of the arc, because I feel like, you know, that's a little bit more potent there. I don't know that I expected something like this heavy per se, but I also don't know that this opening is actually as heavy as it will end up even being by the end of the episode. Like I, like when we first saw this, I didn't think that they were going to lean into this as much. And so when, you know, as, as I'm watching kind of for the, for the first time here, um, I don't know that I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be like a big a story. We're going to lean into this emotional plot so much, uh, especially because of like some of the, you know, um, early just kind of office banter that we had seen before. And so I didn't know how much they were going to lean into this. Um, but it changes throughout the episode. So I don't know. I don't know that I had any like big expectations here at the very first scene. I was just kind of very open. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll obviously share the overall thoughts once we get to the end of this particular arc with with her dad this episode. So Zoe is talking to her mom and talking about how she's been having headaches and eye pain. Her mom is wondering, you know, if she's thinking about her dad and his symptoms and worrying about herself. Um but her mom says, you know, your dad's symptoms started a year ago and they were different. But since Zoe's worried, like, why don't you go see a doctor and get an MRI? I thought this was an interesting suggestion. Like, if she if she really thinks nothing's wrong with Zoe, suggesting an MRI seems like a little extreme, like, for a first step. But... Yeah, maybe yeah, uh, I agree. Like, like headaches and eye pain. I don't know the eye pain. Maybe but I would, I would say like first go to an optometrist. I think would probably be my first. If you're having headaches and your eyes are hurting, maybe you should need glasses or a new prescription or something. That'd probably be my first step over an MRI. But I, I do think the idea of that, you know, the fact that Zoe's dad has had tons of MRIs recently, and that Zoe is kind of paranoid about that sort of thing. And I think maybe her mom knows her well enough to know that Zoe, even if Zoe 
feel like a minor thing. She wouldn't be happy until she like eliminated the worst possible possibility. I think that seems to be kind of who Zoe is. So I think it might be a little bit of Maggie knowing her daughter and knowing, yeah, this is the the way to kind of like alleviate her pain. But I again, I agree. Going straight to MRI after, yeah, I've been having headaches and eye pain. Seems like a little bit of a jump. Yeah, I mean, we should employ the Adam School of Medicine here. Uh, <laughs> take, a we? We? take a couple ibuprofen and talk to me in the morning. Like that's <laughs> ibuprofen, I'd be playing. This like, is that's, not a medical advice podcast. Please but don't it get could be. Just take some ibuprofen and you're good to go. Yes. Yeah, I, I am kind of sad that Melissa wasn't on this episode to talk about the MRI stuff because I'm sure after having her talk about MRI stuff on a recent a, a Hue podcast, I'm sure she would have thoughts about how this plays out. Mm. What a great time to hop into the Hue podcast over at Post Show Recaps. If you become a patron, you can come talk, uh, come listen to myself, Melissa Woodward, and Kevin Mahadeo talk about Doctor Who. What a great, what a great time we have over there. That was a little mid pod plug for you there. We're keeping that for the new <laughs> <Love> show. <it. laughs> yeah, we keep those. I love those. Um, so we see Zoe at her MRI. Um, I don't know if this is like the next day or like later than that, but I guess she got that scheduled pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> um, so she's at an MRI and she asks, um, are you sure this isn't an elaborate transportation device that's going to take me to some parallel universe? Which, I mean, it kind of ends up actually being that a little bit. <laughs> Not really, but it does <laughs> kind of change her life. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, maybe she did get uh, beamed in an alternate universe where people have the ability to hear other people's, you know, innermost thoughts, except she only can do it. So it's not a rule of the entire universe. So maybe not, but yeah, it definitely does more than what it's supposed to do. Apparently. Yeah. So, uh, the person operating the MRI tells Zoe like, Oh, you can listen to music. What do you want? And she says, well, anything is fine. She just wants to get this over with. So he puts on the awesome MRI mix. <laughs> um which zoe immediately does not like she wants something more <laughs> relaxing but yeah, because it starts with at the end of the world as we know it definitely not the sort of song that i would it's but i'm like going in to get a scan because i think i might have some horrible disease the end of the world as we know it is probably not a really nice soothing song to listen to as you're trying to sit still it's also a really upbeat catchy song so if i'm trying to sit still in the mri i'm probably like bobbing my head to it and all so yeah i think it's not the best uh, choice but it's funny to me that the, the lyrics go that's great it starts with an earthquake and then next thing we know earthquake so, I mean, this uh, this begs the question, what is the ideal MRI song? Oh, man, that's a good question. My problem is like a lot of songs that I would want, I would have trouble not singing along with. I think that's kind of like the, the big, so I would need to have something that's kind of a uh, nice and soothing, but, you know, just orchestral, I think was what I would need to have a uh, something like that going on. So I have something to be soothing and to listen to but not something that I'm going to be tempted to sing along with. Okay. Um, This is going to be a really out of the box thing. Do you know the Kahoot theme song? I don't. So. <laughs> okay. This was for maybe somebody out there. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, the Kahoot song that you would that plays when you're playing a game of Kahoot, 
<laughs> okay, well, that would be my choice. So there I have you go. absolutely no idea what you're talking about. So Just, uh, look, you know, look it up and then uh, you know, take a listen. It's very, it's very brainy, like you know, brainy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, Zoe has tried to request something more relaxing about like I can't hear her, and there, then there's an earthquake. Um. So. Obviously, this is concerning to Zoe. There's all these flashes of colored lights in the machine, and you can see the computer screen where all these music boxes are popping up, like so many, and then you see the scan of Zoe's brain, and that's lighting up all over the place. Um, So you can tell something is happening here. Yeah, and it's an interesting mix of songs that you hear snippets of. I think you hear Achy Breaky Heart, you hear some opera, you hear a, a few different genres and from all different time, time frames. So you get like a wide array of music that's just like being bombarded at her uh, in this moment. Now, Adam, when you saw this scene, were you like, oh, I know, oh, I get it. I know what's going to happen. Well, I don't even really know what happened after seeing the rest of the episode. Like, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know that this is like an amazing explanation here, but obviously things are getting effed up in the brain. And so uh, who knows uh, what's going on here? She, you know, she's hearing a bunch of songs and earthquakes. The Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was thinking about asking the people I know from California how frequent the earthquakes are and, and do they have somewhat similar effects? I didn't end up doing it, but I that was like my first thought. Well, I'm not very accustomed to earthquakes in the Midwest. We get tornadoes all the time and whatever. There's all kinds of crazy weather. We don't really get we don't really get earthquakes. Right. And I'm wondering, like, is this something that is possible for, like, people to be getting MRIs and there's an earthquake? And I mean, theoretically speaking, someone has been getting an MRI when an earthquake happened. Okay. Right? But my like, question that has is, to have happened. My question is, does it affect it? Like, is the, like do they... I, I don't know. What measures do they have in place to make sure people are safe or whatever when that's happening? I don't know. Well, but like, I feel like getting an MRI is actually like not a terrible thing to have happen while an earthquake occurs. Like, I feel like there are worse things that you could be doing. Well, there are certainly worse if things. If an earthquake but... happens. Like, I don't think an MRI is actually that bad. You're, I mean, you're just laying down. It would probably be a little freaky. But like. Yeah. And it would totally ruin the scan. But. Beyond the that. number the number of things like in a hospital that could be happening to you that would be just infinitely worse if an earthquake happened like with open heart surgery like there are way worse things that could be happening to you while an oh earthquake happens now i don't even want to think about this yeah okay. like you could be doing anything <laughs> yeah just don't don't move to california what if, but there on the flip good. side things that maybe could be improved if an earthquake happens like is there anything that you could be doing we're like, oh, an earthquake happens. This is now a better experience. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Roller coasters, I think, could be cool. So no, like, uh, that, that would be terrifying. What I mean, it would make the experience like so much more life threatening and like dangerous. They're yes. thrill seekers. Yeah, I don't see that as a good thing. Well, but okay, you're probably not riding a bunch of roller coasters then. Yeah, I am a big roller coaster guy. I think the thing about roller coasters, yeah, is it gives the illusion of danger more than actual danger. Once the actual mm. danger gets in there, then that's never you're having a little bit more of a fear response. And I feel not, like the actual great. danger is the fun part, though. Hmm. Other things that could be improved. Actual uh, danger is the fun part? Maybe. I don't know. What about illicit activities in the bedroom? That could be improved by an earthquake, <laughs> potentially. 
I mean, hypothetically, I don't know. I'm just no saying comment. it's a chance. <laughs> There's a chance. All of these things have happened when an earthquake happens. That's all I'm saying. You know, actually over. Oh man. Okay. I don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but basically <laughs> there's, there must, it must be true that there have been a lot of people having sex when an earthquake happened. Like that is just objectively, it has to be true. Just that's science. <laughs> like it has to. And I'm just so okay. curious about that situation. Like, I'm sure a, you could look it up, you know? Yeah, well, that's dangerous, though. That's on you. <laughs> it's that's very easy to just, call. like, talk about it in theory. But when you, like, put words into Google, then that's when that's then when it gets real. And that's, it's permanent. It's that's real. That's not what we want. Yeah, I'm not looking that's what, for that. That's why incognito searches are for. Hmm. Todd said that with a lot of confidence. Like, that was... Okay. All right. Well, that's that's my biggest thought about the earthquake. Who knows what happened to her head? Obviously, we're going to be seeing some of the implications about that throughout the rest of the episode. Uh, I thought the scene was pretty well done, though, with like the constant shift of music uh, and, and, the, and the way they kind of portray it. Uh, the science behind it, you know, whatever. It is what it is. That's the show. That's the premise. I'm not going to sit here and get mad about it. Good, because it'd be bad if you were mad about it in episode one. Yeah we'd still be covering all the rest of the episodes. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the street after the earthquake, Zoe's on the phone checking in with her parents. Um, but then she hears a woman next to her singing. And when she kind of asks the woman what's going on, like the woman claims she wasn't singing, but Zoe is hearing her sing all by myself. Um, then she looks over and sees these women singing. What a man when there's a hot man nearby and then she turns a corner and there's another guy who starts singing help and Zoe's, you know, trying to get away from this, but other people around him join in. So she runs away onto like a trolley to escape it. But then everyone around her there is singing too and following her. So she's running through this neighborhood. They're all singing and dancing around her. And she is just obviously totally not sure what is going on why this is happening so when the song ends everyone disperses goes back to their normal life and zoe says what the and then you hear her start to say f (laughs) but then we come up with the title screen of the show and uh so that will be a thing so the what the f uh is going to be a thing moving forward so Enjoy that. What do you mean by a thing? Like a as in like that's how every episode is basically going to to start is someone oh. getting cut off cussing with the title screen coming across and covering up their mouth as they're starting to say a cuss word. That is how how each episode is going to like show the credit scene or the titles card. Oh, should we open up our podcast like that? Maybe we'll see. Like how so? Like what the was... f and then our theme song? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Is there anything there? Is that interesting? Uh, I don't, I don't know. think we can, so. Okay. We can spitball it. We can yeah. think of it. We don't uh, have a visual component, so I, I feel like something's lost there without mm, it. Yes. Very okay. true. Uh, so, uh, here is like the actual introduction to the central conceit of the show here with Zoe walking around and seeing people bursting into song all around her with songs that seem to represent something in their their minds uh 
what did you think experiencing this for the first time, Adam? What was your what were your thoughts on this whole sequence? Yeah, so like still, you know, obviously still trying to understand what the show is, what is you know, what the show is saying at this point, how they're trying to use these songs. Um I I liked some of the song choices at the beginning. I think that that'll be kind of an interesting thing to track as we go forward, like what songs they actually choose to, you know, use to represent these emotions. Um help i feel like was an interesting choice for like the first kind of big song here i really um i really did love all by myself i thought that like that was very very fun like the little snippets of the songs that and like what a man you know as lindy was saying i thought that was really fun um i was struggling to figure out like what the show was trying to tell me by having everyone sing help uh it was like big flash mob energy and I think that maybe there were better options of a song that like would have made a bit more sense uh, in terms of the opening. But as someone who frequently bursts into song at uh, any time of day or night, uh, I love and resonate with this concept and I'm a huge fan. And I, even though there were like a lot of songs this episode, I guarantee you every single episode, I will want more. I just basically want them to always be singing all the time. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was just like, you know, initial thoughts there. I, it was an interesting concept. I think like that initial song choice could have probably been a little better or more interesting or make a little bit more sense because I think I got the vibe of what they were trying to tell me with the first two songs. And then I kind of lost the thread with help. So that's interesting. Um, I'll say that I think I think all by myself was a great introduction to the concept, you know, because it's very obvious. You can tell like this because the woman just kind of exudes lonely energy and so and then with the, the three ladies like uh ogling the guy walking by that's also pretty clear uh i i definitely see what you're talking about with help i think that in the grand scheme of things like as we learn more about what zoe is going to be doing with her abilities everything and even this episode a little bit i think the song does kind of stand as like a thesis because the thing that the lyric is you know they're they're asking zoe for help they're like help me if you can i'm feeling down you know won't you please help me so it's kind of like she's hearing these people cries for help and yeah. so and to be very clear i love yeah. the song actually i like i, I actually yeah. really do enjoy the song uh, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know that it like really resonated in terms of like the concept of the story of what she was feeling, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I understand. But I think also at the same time, Zoe has no idea what's going on either. So I think they're like walking that line of trying to to have that be the things on a rewatch and go, oh, OK, this is what's going on. Whereas initially, you know, Zoe has no idea what these people are singing or why these people singing. So that's keeping a little bit of ambiguity. So um, I I think the number is great. Uh, I, I I totally see where you're coming from, but yeah, it's a great song. And one of the things I really like about uh, so whenever this these big numbers happen is just having like all these random people joining in, and you just like have no idea who's going to sing, and they're just like it's such a diverse cast of characters of all ages, all races, all everything, you know, uh, kind of joining in in this the song. It's this huge set piece. I think it's a does a really good job of nothing else like letting you know what this show is going to be even if you're not you know totally bought into what the message they're giving this is what you're going to be seeing you know throughout the series right here so zoe rushes home and uh 
kind of locks her door and is really freaked out. But then she hears Mo singing once again. And so Zoe goes across the hall and asks, like, were you singing specifically to me? But Mo says, no, like, you don't you don't even like me that much. Like, we don't know each other, really. Um, <laughs> Zoe's response to you don't like me. Is, That's never been officially documented. I like that. Hers, like, no, you, know, you might think that, but it's never been proven. Also, I mean, Zoe had good reason to think that Mo was singing to her because what Mo was singing was lean on me, you know, if you need a friend. So suddenly Zoe is like already primed to think that people's thoughts are, you know, messages to her. So it's uh, not surprising that she runs over to ask, are, are you actually saying to lean on you now? Yeah, so Zoe kind of barges into Mo's apartment and <laughs> explains what is going on and says, like, I think I'm going crazy. Um, you know, these people were all singing to me, this whole neighborhood. And she's like, does that ma even make sense? And Mo says, uh, no, but I'm an open-minded person and I'm willing to roll with this, uh, which I love. And uh, Mo suggests that maybe Zoe is getting a glimpse into other people's heads. Um, but this is really overwhelming to Zoe. She just can't handle this right now with everything that's going on in her life. Um, and Mo is basically like, I'm sorry, you know, you're going through this, but let me know if it happens again, because this is the first thing I find remotely interesting about you. Yeah, I, th I think I like Mo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that like these first few scenes were like the most emblematic because uh, a loud neighbor singing loudly in the morning. I'm out. That's over one for me. Uh, that's not great. Um, although I do love both of the songs that Mo was singing. And so that's tough because uh, <laughs> I would either want to sing along or <laughs> uh, not want to hear it at all. Um, and then like Mo has a weird, like good insight into like exactly what is happening and not just like, okay, this girl's probably cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, what's going on here? Um, so I think that's good. I don't know. I, I'm still like trying to figure out how the show is wanting me to feel about Mo besides being like kind of a quirky neighbor that's like is is more understanding but they're like not particularly close like I wouldn't they you know they don't even call really each other friends and so that's kind of where I'm struggling a little bit I feel like Mo's role in a normal show in a normal show is probably held by a co-worker of some kind or like a, or a best friend or whatever as opposed to just a neighbor um and so I'm interested to see how it goes uh you know moving forward here I, I don't think I would put Mo in, in terms of like my favorite characters at this point. I don't think that they're near the top right now. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I like Mo a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mo. Uh, I think it's the scene like Mo, you know, Mo is like very, very intuitive, but Mo is also, as he says, like totally baked out of his mind right now. So a, uh, maybe he's more receptive to the vibes of the universe they're putting out about what's going on with Zoe. And that's how he can make the leap. Although he also later says, you know, don't trust anything I say whenever I'm stoned. So uh, I, I agree about the, like, the noisy neighbor thing is definitely like a, a big negative in real life. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, it's interesting to, to, to hear you say that you're not quite sure what the show wants you to feel about Mo. Because I, I felt like, and granted, it's hard, it's hard to tell how much of this is just you know, knowing this this series as a whole, but I felt like it was a pretty good introduction to Mo, a pretty positive introduction to Mo. The fact that Mo was very open and receptive to Zoe and didn't immediately push her away, uh, I thought was kind of like showing that Mo is going to be someone that Zoe's going to be able to to turn to right now. Um, I, I see what you're saying also about like they're not really that close at this point in time, but 
in a way, I think Zoe like wanted to turn to someone who didn't know her very well uh, because she is worried what people might think about her if she started telling them that she's hearing people sing to her. So maybe going to this someone who's a little bit removed gives her a little bit of safety. Yeah, I feel like the show wants you to think that Mo is awesome. Like, <laughs> I don't, that's the vibe that I always got. Um, so I really like Mo too. But it, I like Todd said, like, we have seen the whole show. So we're not only basing this on one episode. But yeah, I didn't think there was anything super negative when it comes to, like, people having annoying habits i take it differently on tv than if it was real life like i definitely was not affected by like oh most things in the morning like you know that doesn't affect me negatively it's part of the show so um but yeah i i like mo and i it is really interesting that like todd was saying you know zoe and mo aren't really friends but Zoe chooses to tell Mo about this really this thing that could really make someone think she is just like she thinks like I'm going crazy like she doesn't know what people's reaction is going to be to this like she doesn't tell anyone else except kind of her dad but obviously that's a different situation so she's not actually telling everyone she knows about this um, but she chooses to tell Mo and I think that does say something. <laughs> Um, so then we see at work, Zoe and Max are walking in. Uh, they see Simon playing ping pong and basically they just admire his joie de vivre. <laughs> They're like, oh, Simon, he's so happy and full of life. <laughs> like, I think it's interesting how you can, you know, just totally assume. I mean, I'm sure everyone has done this. I've done this. You just totally assume someone's entire personality when you've never even spoken to them. All you've said to them is howdy, but you're like, oh, I know exactly like what that person is like and their attitude and everything. Yeah, I think like that is probably, and uh, uh, obviously we'll talk about this in just a second, but like that is one of my bigger takeaways of the show. Um, yeah, especially with this next scene. I'll just wait to say that until we get to this next scene because it's like literally the whole point of it. But uh, it, definitely one of my bigger takeaways of the show. Yeah, so after we see that, yeah, it's obviously a setup for what happens next. But basically, Joan tells everyone in the office there's a bug in this health app that they're about to launch in five days. It's giving inaccurate blood pressure readings. So they're all going to have to work really hard in these next five days to figure out what's wrong and fix the problem before the launch. Um, so we have that set up, which is why later Zoe is still working when it's clearly nighttime. It's dark outside. That doesn't seem to be that many people there. She's working with Leaf, um, trying to get this fixed when she hears someone singing. And so she asks if Leaf hears it and he does not. So Zoe walks toward the music and we see that it's Simon who's singing. Um, he's looking at a picture and he's singing the song Mad World. I will just say, uh, first and foremost, um, outstanding performance here. I, I don't know if we want to call them performances or songs. Obviously, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, we're going to be doing some rating of the songs. I thought this was just a ridiculously good vocal cover here uh, of a very intense, emotional song. Um, and even the way that it was staged, the way that it was shot, the emotion that you could like see in the faces of not only Simon singing, but even zoe listening um 
this to me is where I think the the premiere episode really started to elevate into a show that I was like, okay, like this will be fun to you know talk about for a while. This is interesting, maybe I don't know. Into something that's like, ooh, this is <laughs> this is something. Like there is something here that is really really interesting and really really fascinating. Um, because like, you know, like you're saying, Lindy, so often we go around or we're, you know, we see people, I even said it at the top, you know, Todd's got a lot of joyous energy. He's got that joie de vivre that we're talking about, but it's like, you never really know how someone is feeling. And more often than not, they're probably feeling differently than how they let on. And, and the way that I think it's really interesting to think about is like, how many times have we had to put on a face that we might not necessarily you know, fully have or believe in just to either try and fit in or get through the night or, or, you know, whatever to, to, you know, push through whatever this thing is. How many times have we had to put on a face? Okay. Well, everyone does that. And like, we, it, we almost never think about things that way and like getting to see this and I, whatever, I still don't know the quote unquote mechanic or whatever they want to call it of like how these songs are working or how deep they will go. Or if it's just, you know, okay, this is how people are feeling. We're going to put a song to it when there's a nice song that fits who knows, but there's something really, really intimate about expressing your thoughts and feelings through music, uh, that, is just very personable um and th there's a quote later on that that'll say this that i just think it does beautifully but this 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 whole scene of him singing this very deep emotional kind of um troubling song to just her to express you know how he's feeling even though he doesn't really know he's expressing it to her and her having to like hear it and understand it and like be that person on the other side it's it's like a very intimate scene here and i think that the the vocals are outstanding the acting is outstanding um the like it, this show really takes a step up this scene i think i think this like really begins to elevate the stuff that i was seeing and i loved it on on both the times i went through the episode it's 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 very it hits harder than i thought it would both times even knowing it was coming it still hits pretty hard i really i really really loved it todd yeah, and uh, one thing that you, you mentioned, which is one of my favorite things about it, I mean, for, first of all, the vocals are indeed amazing. It's a great, great cover of the song. Like you said, uh, Zoe's face through all of this is so powerful because she is about to break just like from the compassion and empathy that she has and the knowledge that she's like seeing something that she shouldn't see. Like she is getting a peek at this person's innermost life and it is you no know, dark and depressing and sad and she is just overwhelmed that getting to see this person's inner life and just how much they're hurting and her feeling that pain and jane levy just like displays all that in her face it doesn't say a word throughout this whole thing but it's like written all over her and she just does a phenomenal job of acting both both of them are just amazing this scene yeah it, like you said it is the thing where you go from like the the quirky little help number earlier to this like oh yeah no we're we're, we're digging in deep here we are not just going to be doing like surface level stuff this is going to be uh, they're going to get into some some deep deep feelings on this show yeah, I love this scene. I think it's, like Adam said, a great performance. It And it's so haunting with this uh, choice of music, like right after that scene where it's like, oh, Simon, he's so, so joyful. And then you hear this song and it's so, like, clearly there's so much hurt here. And so, yeah, I, I also, I just, I love the scene. Um, 
so but zoe doesn't you know walk up to simon in this moment she walks away um and then we see her showing up at uh mo's gig i guess is mo like djing i <laughs> didn't really pay the vibe that i got yeah 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 they don't necessarily say it, but it's like pretty obvious thing that, that mo is mo is a uh, djing at the makeout place we find that is the name of the club later Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so Zoe goes up to Mo to say, like, it happened again. And this song, it was so personal and raw. But that doesn't make sense because Simon, this guy, he's happy, handsome, and, like, really sexy. So he should only be singing upbeat anthems about how awesome he is. Um, which I think is just a silly way for her to look at this. Like... Come on, Zoe. Like my honestly, my one question here uh, to both of you: How sexy is Simon? Just in general, do we think? I think he's attractive. Okay, Todd. Yeah, yeah, I think he's attractive. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I uh, find him as a uh, sexy as Zoe does, but I think he's an attractive man. Oh God, the, the. the... <laughs> I really want to just clip out the way you just said sexy and oh, I just know you do. insert I know it you all do. over the place. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I'm kind of out on Simon being sexy, to be honest with you. Whoa, I, think that's, whoa, I, whoa, I know whoa. that's what I'm saying, Lindy. That's my problem. That's why I'm asking the question. I, I'm kind of out on him. You're out on it? Specifically him being sexy. So what is he to you? Um, I think like maybe he's got a little bit of handsome in him. But I, I'm not seeing the sexy. I, I guess know. I see it. I, I reach mean... their own, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just figured I'd ask the question. Well, you know, we can track this as it goes along. Maybe, you know, the more you know about him, the more you see of him, he might grow on you. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. We'll see. But anyway, Mo tells Zoe, like, you know, good music can make you feel things you can't express in words. And this makes Zoe realize that Simon might really be hurting. Well, she tells Mo what song it was. And Mo was like, oh, like your boy is hurting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Mo basically says that, that song is a cry for help, uh, basically, is what Mo says. You know, <laughs> Mad World, like, oh, yeah, that song's dark. <laughs> it's like. And yep. it is like, it definitely is dark. Uh, this was the quote that stood out to me is like, if I had to pick a quote from this episode as being like, dang, that's really good. Uh, yeah. Good music can make you feel things you can't express in words. Uh, I, I would even dare to say good music will make you feel things you can't express in words uh, as opposed to can. But like, this is something that I have been harping on basically my entire life of like everything is scored and music is the great equalizer of everything. It can make anyone feel something regardless of language or experience or history or anything. Music will connect us all and can connect us all. And I, there's, there's so much like theory behind all of that. Um, another shout out to another podcast, the final fantasy seven remake podcast, which is over now, but uh, I did a whole like paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs talking about the music from that game. Um, and like just this whole idea of everything around us is scored. Um, so like this quote really stood out to me. It's like, okay, if this show is telling us these kind of things, I'm definitely in. Cause like this, this is something you I could easily see myself having like as a poster around my apartment. Like this is like a very signature quote that I really love. Hopefully like this continues to be expressed. Yeah. I wrote this quote down basically like this is going to be the quote that Adam 
like yeah latches onto because yeah. i because it jumped out at me too like i i created this this like i think this quote like really sums up a lot of the idea of the show really well so but yeah i definitely like wrote that quote out like okay if no one else brings this quote up i will but i'm sure other people are going to bring this quote up because it is such a good line and made me like mo probably the most out of any like portion of the episode um yeah that was like you know the only other the only other thing there so at work the next day zoe is apparently drinking a bunch of coffee so max asks how long she was there last night but she says well actually i went to a club last night and max is clearly surprised by this um but zoe doesn't really have time to explain because she spots simon over at the cereal bar (laughs) uh so she goes over to him and i just want to stop on this cereal bar because it looks incredible i just i i want one okay it looks incredible I'm just going to tell you right now, I am out on the cereal bar at work. I am wildly out on it. And I'm going to say this, not as someone who, I like cereal. I think that cereal can, is, is very potentially good. I'm, I am happy to offer up my favorite cereals. We could do a cereal tier. We could do whatever you want with cereals. I love cereal. However, (laughs) my problems with this, this cereal bar, and then just the general idea of cereal bar, number one, the milk situation seems just absurd. Who's buying the milk? How often are we buying milk? What kind of milk are we buying? We have 12 different kinds of milk. Milk is gross. Do I have to watch other people drink a bunch of milk? Get me out of the milk scenario. Okay. Number two, there was a lot of cereal in those tubes. Exactly. It was a no, but that's not good, Lindy, because that guess is- what? It's going to go bad so fast. That cereal is exposed to the air. It's going to get weird and it's it, going to get It's chewy. in a container. Uh, no, but how does it get out, Lindy? It's not like this container is airtight. Well, you turn the knob and then it kind of, or you pull the thing and then it dispenses the cereal. But it, the cereal, I don't think is exposed the whole time. I mean, it's exposed. Everything in there. It's going to get stale. Also, how quickly are you going through that much cereal as an office? Like, well, who's if re- everyone's eating cereal every day, which they should because it's think, free. You think everyone is coming in and eating cereal? Yeah. Okay. And then the only thing that would make this even remotely acceptable in my mind or even usable is if there were always bananas and strawberries and maybe blueberries, like fresh fruit to put in the cereal, in which case... I could potentially get on board, but I looked, I paused whenever we saw the cereal bar uh, and there were no fresh fruits. So I'm out on the cereal bar at work. Well, you got to go to the fresh fruit bar for the fruit, Adam. <laughs> Is well, Get rid of the cereal bar then. Just give me the fresh fruit bar. Well, what I about lo- people who want cereal? I mean. You don't have to have it. No, but I have to watch everyone else drink all that milk. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> They're eating cereal. The milk is being consumed with that. That's not drinking milk. Okay. At the end of a bowl of cereal and someone, I'm like watching someone drink the milk at the end of the bowl. That is my worst nightmare. Why are you watching <laughs> them do it? How could nightmare. I not? They're just slurping it up there like a cat. It's disgusting. You're supposed to be working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're supposed to be working on eating cereal. What are we doing here? And I'm not, I'm just, Question: Like, if people are actually slurping up like a cat, uh, because I don't, I don't see most people like sticking in, like lapping it up. I, uh... but <laughs> uh, favorite cereals. I'm gonna name two. Uh, Cinnamon Life, number one, best cereal 
ever. It's so freaking good. And uh, number two, Honey Bunches of Oats with uh, Toasted Almonds. Absolutely love it. Those are my top two cereals. Absolutely love them both. Favorite cereals, very quickly, both of you. Um, I love a uh, kind of like healthier, like rice checks was like my, my one of the things I ate all the time. I know it's very nice, wow. nice and bland, but like whenever I was like, I basically, I would have like the cereal I could eat for breakfast. My parents let me eat for breakfast. It had to be something that was not sugary. And so I basically went between a, uh, I think rice checks, like the thing that we landed on, but then like uh, things I could have like cereal later on, kind of like a snack or something like that and lose anything else. And then I was really into things like, like cocoa pebbles or cocoa puffs, like count chocula and the chocolatey cereals I was all in on. Okay. We love Count Chocula. Uh, we made a lot of Count Chocula references in the latest episode of Mediapedia, where yes, we talked yes, about did. vampires with myself, Grace, Marissa, and Rich. So uh, go check that podcast that I'll also on PSR. Uh, Lindy, favorite cereals? Well, I didn't come prepared for this question, but off the top of my head. Um... <laughs> come on, uh... Lindy. We've been doing this long enough where you have to know that if there's a cereal. I even said in our chats, we we're going to talk about the cereals. Uh, okay. I was just really trying to stall and give you a few seconds to think and, and formulate. Your I, well, answer, you so. cut me off. I already had an answer. <laughs> oh, you already had your answer. Okay. You just wanted to complain about not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just what, wanted to complain. Okay. Is that yeah. so no, wrong? No, it is. It is. Okay. Let's do the complaining first. Let's do the complaining and then we'll talk favorite series. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, anyway, as a child and honestly now, well, okay. Here's the thing uh tricks but they have to be the shapes of the of the fruits you know like they were in the past not the just the generic Mm. uh spheres that they are now i think still um as a child they were shaped like the fruits that they represented and it just made it better yeah you know what i'm talking about oh i absolutely know what you're talking about yeah of course Uh, never i was a kid they weren't shaped like the fruits they were just like the circular things it must be a thing that they implement for a little while and then stop (laughs) wow that's a (laughs) hyper specific generational thing we love it It really is okay i didn't realize i definitely remember the shapes of the fruits uh the other thing i'll say lindy of course uh is that tricks are for kids and so we just need to to make sure that we are leaving the tricks for the kids Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, the other cereal that I have had a lot of in my life is <laughs> strawberry frosted mini wheats. <laughs> I, for some reason, I love this. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there. Any type of mini wheats or just we- whatever, uh, easily my least favorite kind of cereal. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Cause I'm you leave those that. in the milk for any amount of time it turns into like paste you could use to lay bricks. And so <laughs> you have like, to eat them fast. Like or... it's a, you are on the clock. If, if you pour those things with the bowl of milk, you have to go. That is true. But you gotta, you gotta put, not put too many in. You're right. Because if you leave some of them in there for too long, yeah, it's, you're not going to eat those. Yeah. You can't, it's, they're literally inedible. They will not process through your body. It's just not possible. Okay, that was our little, uh, the, you know, Adam's Kitchen Corner kind of. Yeah, a, a yeah. Bit. I mean, yeah, I think it's Kitchen Corner. Definitely, uh, we'll have another Kitchen Corner. Yeah, uh, coming later. up really, really quickly. But... Don't even worry about it. But um, yeah, I, I, well, and the other thing is, we we've been talking about this a little bit. I don't know how important the cereal bar is going to be uh, throughout the course of the series. Um, but it's just it's part of the foundation of the show. Well, I was going to say, I extremely relevant. On, okay. It's going to be a major character. It has <laughs> it has storylines. I hope um, it does. I, you're yeah. probably being sarcastic here, uh, but I I'm hope not. it does. 
because I'm like even thinking back to CXG, uh, how important was Boba for the first like couple seasons, right? Like so many things happened there. I could definitely see, uh, you know, in case <laughs> whatever. I don't actually know, but like based on all of your reactions that you're telling me that it's probably not a very important thing, but I could easily see it being something where like that's a very common set piece for where they're having conversations or how they're interacting in the office. And I think it could be kind of a cool, unique set piece that it it basically just sounds like they're not going to be using. But in my mind, based on the setup, they could be. And that is exciting. Uh, what I will say is I honestly don't remember it being a thing, but I don't remember it you know, not being a thing. So uh, we'll see. The thing is, we're not doing spoilers on this podcast. Yeah. Um, that we didn't do that in our last series. We're not doing it here. So, Adam, we just can't tell you. Yeah, but... no, that's okay. I'm just saying, as like my first watch through, I'm seeing the cereal bar a lot this episode, and I hope to see it more because I think that's like a cool and unique thing for this potential office space to have. Yeah. So, this is where Zoe approaches Simon, and you know she says she's gonna get some granola because you know her dad used to like that, and he basically makes a joke about, oh, what did the granola do to him? Um, but she just immediately is really honest and says, you know, my dad is uh, dying of a rare neuro neurological disease. Um, you know, he can't swallow things anymore, and. Obviously, Simon is taken aback by this. That's not what he was expecting. He says, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And she says, well, how could you? Like, you know, we don't know each other. Like, you know, you seem happy, but there's no way I could know if you were secretly miserable, right? <laughs> like, there's no way to know that kind of thing. Um, so after this really big revelation. Um, A whole bunch of TMI, Adam. Oh, oh, <laughs> I thought you said Adam. <laughs> I was like, no, no Adam at him. him. At yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so much TMI. Uh, but he actually asked her to take a walk with him. Um, so, yeah, Todd, what did you think of her just uh, immediately launching into this? Yeah, I was I was shocked. <laughs> I, will, I will say, I think the first time I watched this, that she, who we've already seen her, like, shy away from confronting Mo. We've seen her be really nervous talking, you know, talking herself up to Joan. We've seen her avoid talking to Simon in general. So she's definitely not someone who is like really ready and willing to be out there and in your face with things. So for her to just be like so blatantly honest uh, is surprising. And it's one of the things where it's hard to tell how much of it was premeditated and how much wasn't because she obviously went up to the cereal bar with the pretense of trying to talk to him to see if she'd get an end to finding out about his secret sadness but this almost felt like she was like spewed all this out and then realized, oh crap, I said more than I need to say. And then tried to like weave it into her plan. But I don't know how premeditated her sharing her father's uh, medical history with Simon was and how much was it just kind of happening because she's so stressed out right now and couldn't keep herself from doing it. It's hard to say. I'm, I'm not sure what sense you guys got from that. I think the the biggest sense was that she probably felt some kind of I don't I, I don't think that guilt is actually the right word, but I think that like she felt some type of way about like knowing more than she probably should have. And then like just her gut was like, okay, I have to basically even even the score here to you know make sure that things are kind of an on, on an equal footing, at least in her mind. 
Um, and so, you know, that was the vibe I was getting. I don't know. I don't know, Lindy, if you got anything majorly different than that. That totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I think she's just maybe it's also like if I open up, like maybe then he'll feel more comfortable telling me like why he's so secretly miserable, as she puts it, like because like that's something she wasn't expecting. So maybe she thinks like, oh, if I just put everything out there, like then maybe I can get an insight into why he's feeling that way and why it does not appear that he would feel that way on the surface. Um, so they go on their walk, and <laughs> the first thing that we see is that they've uh, procured a dessert that is called Cheesequakes. <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> the bakery has capitalized on this recent earthquake and is selling Cheesequakes. It's very interesting. Yeah. The, is it really capitalizing on this one specific earthquake or just like the fact that cake and quake rhyme? And there are earthquakes in California. They happened because like it wasn't it didn't seem like it was a super serious earthquake. Like it didn't show pictures of destruction or like, you know, whatever. Earthquakes can be very serious and cause a lot of damage and, and hurt a lot of people. Like I don't want to underplay that element of it. But this particular earthquake did not seem that bad. So I was very confused how they were like, yeah, they're you know, they're playing off the pun a little bit. It's a little insensitive. I'm just like, eh cake and quake rhyme like it's i don't know that's kind of interesting it's kind of funny i guess it maybe depends what the flavor is too <laughs> i don't know like i i was not like offended that they were calling them cheese quakes like that just seemed to be like kind of a fun little oh whatever cake and quake rhyme here you go a to me it's just it's just a mouthful it's hard to say and spell like <laughs> cheese quakes i mean cheese it's a q u instead of a c it's really not you know what? It makes a big difference. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just think cheesequake. I have to try so hard to say it. Cheesecake. It just rolls off the tongue. That's the okay. Adam <laughs> and Todd are looking at me like, what on That's earth? The, I would never have suspected that someone would have had that issue with it. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, yeah. just because I wrote the word cheese quakes in our outline so many times and every time it was it was a struggle mm -hmm. interesting yeah no i don't think i've ever <laughs> had trouble saying cheese quake uh never really thought about it just kind of like say it uh but who knows it's okay um, it's fine <laughs> is this when we get into the second adam's kitchen corner here and talk about cheesecake for a second have we talked about cheesecake on the podcast i feel like we probably have at some point I can't remember if we have or not. I know I've talked to people about cheesecake before because I'm really not a big fan of cheesecake. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's usually the reaction I get too. I think cheesecake is really, really good with a couple of exceptions. Uh, there are the, the, you know, the more popular iterations of cheesecake, I feel like are, are not amazing. New York style cheesecake. I'm out on, it feels so boring. Um, like get some flavor, get some originality here. Uh, I don't need cream cheese to be the flavor of the cheesecake. That's not what I'm looking for. I also don't think that cheesecake should be chocolate. That's potentially my other hot take here, but I'm like more anti-chocolate than the average person anyway. So that probably tracks there. Uh, I A raspberry cheesecake is so, like a strawberry. Give me some kind of like lighter fruit because basically I want either a topping or a drizzle or like even like an actual layer of the cheesecake to be 
a little bit lighter to help with the overall density of the actual cheesecake. Cause I feel like if you have a piece of cheesecake, it's, it's like heavier than it probably should be. And after you're eating it, you're like, man, I, I want more cheesecake, but also I'm like full from eating this one piece of cheesecake. And so give me like a fruit element to lighten it up. Also the graham cracker crust of a cheesecake. Oh, mwah, delicious. Okay. Um, I love cheesecake. Um, uh, but I'm not offended if someone doesn't like it. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I've liked cheesecake for a long time. Um, it's it's great. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, for me, it's, it's a texture thing. I just don't really like the texture of the cheesecake that I've tried. So I haven't tried a whole lot because a few times I've tried it, I'm just like, yep, yeah, no, not for me. Have you gone to the Cheesecake Factory? That is one of the places where I have had cheesecake. Okay. Just just curious. Because they have a lot of different flavors if you were looking for something specific. But anyway, uh, kind of the problem, not problem, but interesting thing about the show is we're going to go from talking about cheesecakes to talking about something extremely serious. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, Simon is asking Zoe, like, kind of how she's coping with what's going on with her dad. Like, is she angry? Like, what, like, how is she dealing with this? Um, and then, uh, he shows Zoe the photo that we saw him holding, uh, the other night when he was singing. And it's a photo of him and his dad from when he was a kid. Um, and Simon tells Zoe that, you know, his dad died by suicide five months ago. And right now, like, looking at this photo is the only thing that makes him feel better. Um, and, you know, he tells Zoe it, it's way worse when they're gone, you know, you know, do things with your dad now, you know, be with him, you know, hold his hand, do stuff now while you can. Um, and obviously, uh, Zoe is saying like, she's not an expert on this, but she's wondering if Simon is talking to anyone else about this, about his feelings and what he's going through. Um, he says he's not really, you know, except her right now. Um, and she says, well, we live in a mad world. If you open up, it's got to be better than what you're doing now. Like living in your head, that's kind of torture. Um, and Simon is amazed that Zoe basically understands what's going on inside his brain. And he thinks it's a miracle that they have found each other. Yeah, you know, at the end, she's like, "Yeah, a miracle." Uh, you know, to to you know, just kind of play along with it. Um, I do really think it was interesting how quickly they went from discussing something pretty stupid to discussing something pretty important. Um, and it's not the only time this episode we're gonna go from one extreme to the other. Uh, and I kind of suspect that it's probably not going to be the only time in this show that we're going to go from one extreme to the other, which I think uh, is really, really good and also really, really jarring. Um, because I don't know that I was like ready as a viewer to just like hear those words right off the bat. And not in a way that was like I got super uncomfortable and had to turn it off or anything. It was just kind of like... I, I was still, still am a little confused about the tone of the show and where they're, where they're trying to like get me to take it. Because I think there's a lot of merit to including all of those elements of like having a lot of the humor, having a lot of the deep stuff, trying to understand a lot of like the mental of it all. Um, 
but when it's like back to back to back to back to back one end to the other end every time i just think i get a little bit of whiplash uh from this and so um i love them opening up to each other i think it's like a very powerful moment for the two to build their you know friendship or whatever ultimate relationship on if that's you know where the show wants to end up going um but at least for me i think that this scene right after what we had what we had seen before uh was a little much for me kind of out of nowhere that's it i don't know if i would say out of nowhere because i think they have kind of set it up pretty well i mean the the simon is hurting deeply and so this is just like a continuation of what we know is going on. It's just like diving deeper into what we know is going on. So to me, it wasn't that that jarring uh, because this is just Zoe acting on the information that she already kind of has. And yeah, we have a little bit of you know banter as they're kind of working themselves up to talk about this. Uh, but to me, it just feel like a natural extension of what has happened earth in the episode as opposed to something that comes up nowhere um i i see a little bit what you're saying like the whiplash going from the the funny to the serious uh but for me i think the show walks that line pretty well most of the time and for me it didn't really bother me in this case yeah i i think i lean towards more towards what todd said but i definitely see where you're coming from adam that it, it's a lot and it's really heavy and I mean, to be fair, this is like the first episode, like it's setting the groundwork for everything. Like you don't really know what to expect. So I think it can be jarring to just see how many like intense topics, you know, are coming up so quickly. Um, so we see Zoe talk to her mom um, about her dad's medication um and she's also saying you know i haven't really felt like myself lately i've been so worried about you and dad um and her mom kind of reacts to this and zoe worries it was something she said but her mom says no like it's not you i'm overwhelmed you know six months ago you know your dad could still communicate but now i i don't even know what's going on in his head um, and she said something which I found like really impactful. She says, you know, I feel like this should have happened to me. Like your dad was always better at handling emergencies and emotional stuff. Um, I feel like that's a really like powerful statement to make. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of always the case for this kind of stuff, right? Like it's always the worst people that this, you know, happens to just in terms of the situation. Um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later because there's a scene that like really, really got me, but my, uh, grandfather had Parkinson's, um, as, as, all throughout as I was growing up, another, uh, a disease that is, uh, not really curable and ultimately, uh, diminishes your, uh, ability to function and just do normal things as, as time progresses. And, um, I think it's just one of those things where like when you go through something like that, I, I just, you know, I was very, very close to my grandmother uh, as she was like going through this in the thick of things. Um, it like has this really major effect that can just, just make you feel all kinds of ways. 
Um, and they're not always like super logical. It's not always specific to whatever the situation is, but like, I, I think you're right, Lindy. I think this is a really potent moment because uh, this is like a big, a big thing for their family. And I, even at this point in the show, I don't, you know, I don't know, again, I don't know how much they're going to like lean into this uh, or make this like a, an A plot point of, of Zoe's life, or I don't know how much her mom is even going to be involved in the show. Um, but as they're talking about it, uh, it's just like those people that you depend on when something happens to them or, or the people that are so reliable, whenever something happens to them, it always hits the hardest because of how like reliable and dependable they were and losing, losing a rock, losing the foundation of something uh, is really, really difficult. Um, and I think like we see it really well in the show. Like this to me is the, the emotional stuff, this episode that, just insanely worked on a level that like I was not even remotely emotionally prepared for uh, going into this first episode. And so like seeing this continue to play out, seeing these before sequences before what we see later, um, I think like was just, just really amazing setup. And I think that both Zoe and her mom, whose name I don't remember plays it really, really well. Yeah. I think everything with Zoe's dad always really resonates with me as uh, someone who lost one of my parents several years ago. You know, there's a, a lot of, of that, uh, uh, seeing, seeing my mom be sick and dealing with that and everything, you know, it always really like, there's some, there's some real gut punch moments uh, in this episode, like seeing that just how overwhelmed everyone is like trying to deal with this. Uh, and just like remembering, like whenever both of my parents were in the hospital at the exact same time, uh, they're both hospitalized on different floors of the same hospital. And I'm like having to like deal like with all of that, you know, just like the stuff that's just like, and again, like I said, like my dad was like one of the most dependable people. And like suddenly he like, you know, couldn't take care of himself and I was having to take care of him. And it's just something that is just so hard to wrap your head around whenever this like rock is suddenly not your rock anymore for you know reasons beyond anyone's control so yeah the show really you know like hits that emotional beat just like perfectly and uh, yeah and i don't know how again i don't just don't know how much the show is going to lead to this but the other thing with that time i like it this is it really like brings up a lot of emotion because those people that are dependable when something happens they're like the ones that hate it the most right like they don't want to be in that situation oh. to be causing other people to have to like help them or go out of their way to do anything because they are always that person that does that um this was this was always a big thing uh as as even my dad has been going through a lot of like a you know some really unfortunate medical stuff recently it's always like the people that are always willing to go out of their way to help others whenever something happens to them like they always feel so bad about it because they are so used to helping others and then just hate it when other people have to like do all that stuff for them it's like no i got it i got it it's like okay we're here to help you but you know at the same time like you can just see like the hurt in them um even when you're trying to help and they it's just a negative reaction so there's a there's a lot here emotionally and I, basically my the gist of this is i think between this scene and the stuff that we'll absolutely talk about later i think this first episode does a really really good job at portraying this kind of family dynamic that to be honest with you i don't think is very prevalent in modern television uh like at all and when it is prevalent i think it's often done in very problematic ways and i don't think that that is what's happening here so like kudos to the show already for for portraying this very real element of a family dynamic that is often unexplored. Yeah. Um, and then later we see Zoe is at work uh, with Max and she asks him, 
you know, without providing any context, like, would you feel guilty if you could know what was going on in other people's heads? Um, and he says, I mean, no, but I'd probably like feel bad about myself a lot more. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I once again I identify with Max. So I've had that thought, like you know, being a comic book guy, the question always comes up, like, what superpower do you want to have? Like, you know, people like mind green, like, no, I don't want to know what other people are thinking about me. I, uh, I, I don't want to know. It, it's, it's it's bad enough. <laughs> imagine what they're thinking about me. I don't want to have it confirmed. Oh no. <laughs> um. So right after that little conversation, Simon approaches them and calls Zoe his favorite mind reader. <laughs> I just love Max's reaction of like, wait, wait a second. What? Yeah. The whole scene, like Max is like looking back and forth between them with this look of like, wait, what? Is like both like kind of thrilled and confused at the same time. It's a really good face acting from Skyler Aston in the scene. I also like that Zoe refers herself. Yeah, it's me, Zoe Stradamus. Hey, uh, I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, and Simon thanks Zoe for their talk and says that he's there for her too, you know, if she needs it. And when he walks away, Max asks Zoe if, oh, did you make contact with him, like, without telling me? Um, to which Zoe says, uh, yeah, we bonded on, like, a deep emotional level. I could do. That's no big thing. Right. To Max, it must seem just totally out of the blue. Like, wait, what? <laughs> You were just saying howdy to him the other day. <laughs> um, so then Joan uh, calls Zoe over and tells her that it's between her and one other person for the job for this promotion. Um, but she asks Zoe, like, why have you been so distracted and you left work the other day? Um, you know, Zoe starts to explain, but Joan is like, I, I don't actually want to hear it. Just get back to your desk and focus. Um so then Zoe it starts to go back and runs into Leaf and Tobin, who basically ask what, Zo what uh, Joan was talking to her about. Uh, Tobin with some uh, not so appropriate comments. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah, Leaf basically claims to Zoe's face that he's rooting for her. Um, but she hears him sing a song that indicates that he's not really feeling that way. Yeah, I see. First into All I Do Is Win, uh, which I think is a fun number. It's not, definitely not like the best song of the sh of the episode or anything like that, but uh, it's it's kind of goofy, which I appreciate. Uh, but it's like whenever Leaf is dancing, kind of like body rolls, and Zoe's like, I so wish I could talk to HR about this. You know, just her reaction, everything like, oh, good, a dance break. It's just like Zoe just trying to wrap her head around what her life has turned into as she's having to watch her, her coworker AS dance around uh, in the middle of the office and trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I think it's a fun number. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that sentiment as well. Uh, these two characters, Leaf and Tobin, um, I did not, like, I have no, I, I don't care about them <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so, you know, we'll see how that progresses, uh, if it even does, but I really don't care about them in any way. Uh, yeah, like you said, John, this is a fun song. Not my favorite of the episode. I guess not my least favorite as well, but it's on the lower end for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tobin, Tobin is just problematic through the entire episode. Uh, it's just not great. And Leaf is kind of just generic through most of the episode because he's putting on this really big, like, polite 
and helpful face the entire time. But then you just get this one little brief. This here is like the only real spot of personality you get from Leaf. The only time you see anything other than just this super, oh, let me do whatever I can to help. Uh, and it'll be, you know, interesting to see what face we see as the series progresses. If it's going to continue to be that like nice guy thing, or now that Zoe has gotten her promotion, if that's going to affect how he interacts with her. So then we see Zoe ordering some cheese quakes. <laughs> um, she's back at this place that sells them. And she coincidentally runs into Simon there. Uh, she says she was actually just going to call him because uh, she wants to talk again. She's wondering, is now a good time? But then she hears someone call out, babe, <laughs> uh, who's talking to Simon. Uh, turns out it's his fiance, Jessica. Uh, obviously, this was unexpected for Zoe. And, you know, Simon invites her to join them for a bite, but she declines. And as she walks outside, we actually see her throw away the cheese quakes, which I thought was sad. <laughs> Why are we throwing away perfectly good cheese quakes? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not the cheese quakes fault that Simon's engaged and never told you, Zoe. Yeah. Don't punish the cheese quake. Jeez, we're punishing everyone by throwing those away. Those are perfectly good cheese quakes. Eat them, give them to someone else, give them to anyone, give them to Joan, maybe. Maybe she likes cheese quakes. That'll help you with the promotion. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Adam, were you shocked? Were you like, oh, like I could have seen this coming when you saw that Simon was engaged? Um, I don't know that I was like shocked per se. Like there's, there was obviously going to be some kind of barrier here to them being in a relationship. Um, in, in some way, I, I didn't know exactly what that was going to be, but there was no way that it was just going to be as easy as, okay, we're connecting on an emotional level time to date. Like there's no way that that was going to happen. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is, I mean, honestly, it was fine. Uh, I have an issue with something that Simon does later, but up to this point, I have no issue with like them talking and, and, you know, talking to each other about their history and past and stuff like that. Like, that's fine. Um, and obviously, whatever, I'll lock in a prediction here. At some point, they're going to date. Like, this this engagement is not going to go well. Uh, in, or maybe it will. In the, I don't know. Whatever. At some point, they're going to they're gonna date or kiss or something. Something's going to get complicated between the two of them. So who knows what that'll actually be. But that's going to happen. Should we start a document of Adam's predictions for the series? Oh, no, there'd be, there'd be so many things that would be wrong. <laughs> I would love that. I want. I think we should. Um, I mean, it's, it's been fun on Mythic Quest this last season to hear you and just predictions yeah. and how things go. So, oh, what a what a great podcast that was that you could check out over on Potion Recaps with myself and Jess Sterling. Uh, season three is done, and that podcast is over for now. But it was very very fun. So go check it out. Yeah, I think that's four times I've teed you up to promote. <laughs> yeah, keep going. You're There's welcome. still other options. Yeah, we still have more opportunities. <laughs> um, but yeah, about the fiance thing. I mean, I I think it definitely took me by surprise the first time. I think part of it is like, oh, well, they've like revealed so much about themselves and like these things that are really affecting them um, with their dads to each other. But like, they don't actually know each other. So on one hand, I would say like, oh like this would have come up by now him mentioning he has a fiance but like i think they've had one conversation so i i i think it it's fair that like zoe didn't know about this because they don't really know each other yeah 
We'll see. Yeah. So there's my first prediction. Lock it in. Something romantic is going to happen there. A kiss, probably. Maybe they sleep together. I don't know what kind of show this is, but, <laughs> you know. I, I have Adam, Adam's predictions tab to our spreadsheet. They're so. gonna oh, Something's going to happen there, for sure. I something's feel very confident about that. Okay. Are you willing to give me that prediction with it being so vague? Because I, I, I the problem is I don't know what the vibe of the show is. Like, I don't know if, like... I don't know if this is the kind of show where like all the characters are going to sleep with each other or whatever, but like something romantic is going to happen. Not all the characters. Okay. Is that, is that like an okay prediction? I don't know. Is that too vague? Is that too general? No, I I think, I think that's a a fine. Yeah. I I don't think we need to like drill down a a whole lot more specific there. I think just the fact that, that you said like the, the engagement's not going to go well and they're going to date. Something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. There's too much sexual tension there. All right, lock it in. Um, uh, so then we get this big scene where Zoe is uh, at home with her dad um, and she's telling him what's been going on with her lately. So she says, um, you know, I'm failing at work. The guy like is engaged. I'm either going nuts or I can hear people's inner thoughts as musical numbers. Um, I feel like everyone's against me and the one person who always made me feel better isn't really here anymore and that's not fair and I need you and can you just make this all go away somehow because I don't know who I am or what I'm doing anymore and obviously there are just so many things to this like there is a lot going on right now in Zoe's head about her life and everything around her and I really feel for her when she's saying all of these things. Like that's, that's a lot to be working through. Yeah. I mean, she's like, you know, exposing her, her heart here a lot to admittedly like to no one who she thinks can actually understand anything that she's saying or like comprehend it, which is there's something like there as well of being able to talk to someone who like really can't communicate back to you. Um, but I, I mean, I think we were saying this before, like, you know, I, I don't know. I won't say that everyone has this person in their life, but I feel like a lot of people do have that person in their life where like, okay, they can just make everything better and make things go away. Um, and maybe it's not actually making everything better and making everything go away. But like in terms of how they make you feel, uh, I think like that is a very, very common thing. And when you lose that person for whatever reason, um, it's really hard and especially in a situation where like she's she's not struggling at work but like a lot of her colleagues she's now seeing firsthand like they don't really believe in her and are not really supporting her uh her you know romantic endeavors are also kind of like really struggling even though she was able to connect on a, on a deep emotional level with simon and the person that kind of always believed in her at least what she's telling us her dad isn't really able to communicate with her uh in 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 this way and make her feel as secure and as confident as she was before and i think you're right lady i think this is like really really powerful really emotional um and it's like it's it was very tough to tough to see it was you know it was closer to a to a drama soap opera than uh, a silly little quirky musical show Yes, but it does bring in music. Uh, Zoe looks at this photo on the wall. It's her and her dad on a boat when she was a kid. Um, and then you can see in the reflection of the photo behind her, uh, she sees her dad who has stood up and starts singing the song True Colors. Um, we get the, you know, a lot of the song. It's it's pr- it's pretty long, but throughout it, you know, 
they dance together and clearly this is really uh impactful for zoe how powerful is this right i mean you know full disclosure whatever i i'm not keeping track of my cry charts for the year of our lord 2023 i'm keeping track of other things for 2023 but not how much i cry uh this was the first of two times this episode that i like shed a tear and i I feel like this has happened on multiple occasions recently for things that I'm podcasting about. And it's taken me by surprise because this was not a thing for me. <laughs> uh, like at all. I'm not like this kind of person really. Um, and yet like, first of all, this song is spectacular. Like uh, not even talking about like this vocal version or iteration, this song specifically, I think is really, really powerful. Uh, the message behind it, I think, is even more powerful. And um, the way that they do this, it was a little expected, I think. Like, I don't think this took me by surprise uh, when he, like, starts to sing. But I don't think that takes away from, like, the power of the scene and the power of the song. Because um, as you we were just saying, like, there's those people that can make you feel confident. That, you know, they can make you feel comfortable about who you are as a person, which is, like, the whole point of this song. And like her now having this ability to understand the thoughts of her dad, it's ridiculously powerful. It's ridiculously emotional as they're having the scene. And I think like the way that she's reacting, you know, compounds upon that emotion. Uh, as we've been saying before, the actress like does an incredible job in terms of, you know, facial reactions and just like overall reactions within the scene. Um, the, this like really stood out to me is like this is this is really incredible this is very powerful uh and it was very very moving todd yeah uh like i said one of the things they brought up early in the episode was like that like how hard it is to not even be able to communicate with them like that's the thing that is really killing them that you know he's the one they would turn to he's the one who would solve their problems and they can't communicate with them at all so for zoe to suddenly have this connection with them and, and be able to communicate with them and realize with her powers that because up until now the powers have been more of a burden to her or something that she feels bad about but here's the like she's it's a positive thing a huge positive for her that she is able to have this connection with her dad that she would not be able to have in any other way and just a confirmation that he is processing things he is in there and knowing that he can still be that rock for her is just such an amazing moment. And that's a great, uh, I'd say it's interesting because I really like uh, Peter Gallagher. My introduction to him was actually playing Sky Masterson in the revival of Guys and Dolls. Uh, that's like one of the first, first time I ever knew him long before the OC and all. So I knew he was like a Broadway performer, class, uh, you know, trained singer and all. I like this performance, like, it wasn't like the cleanest performance, but I think it works really well for what's going on, like the emotion in his voice. It's kind of like a gritty and it's not like like clear tones or anything like I know he can do, but it fits the, the performance and the emotion really well. He is singing this song because he himself is like emotional deep down inside. I think it works really well on that level too. Yeah, this is an amazing scene and um, I... I will freely admit this made me cry as well like episode one we're already crying uh let's you know buckle our seat belts for the rest of the series <laughs> yeah i'll say there, there are certain shows that i uh have a tendency to make me cry and uh, zoe's is definitely 
one of those shows. Always one of those shows that does a really good job of hitting those emotional beats in a way uh, where I cry more frequently than I would have expected to. Uh, Everwood was another one. Everwood, I would wind up tearing up almost every episode of Everwood for some oh reason. Oh my gosh, Everwood. Incredible. I was literally thinking yesterday, like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to do an Everwood rewatch? Because it's been a bit and I watched some clips on YouTube and I was like, I'm getting drawn back in. I really want to watch it. <laughs> Have we already found our next show after Zoe's? We're, I mean, we're so far ahead here. Oh, my gosh. It's not a musical, though. Um, well, I don't know if that's a deal breaker. We're going to quickly run out of TV shows that are also <laughs> yeah. musicals. Yeah, it's it's sadly a very limited a uh, niche. Well, we'll figure that out. We're on episode one. We have time. We're, we're definitely sticking with Zoe's for a while. So... Uh, yes, after this scene where her dad sings to her, Zoe rushes in to the room where her mom and brother are and she tells them, you know, dad's still with us. He can process everything we're saying. Um, and she says, like, I want to take him sailing. It, it's going to make him happy. And she really shuts down their protests. Like, all you have to do, I'll take care of it. All you have to do is show up, basically. Like, I really want to do this for him. Yeah, I I mean I, I I love it. I love that I love the setup here. Yeah, so we'll see that in a few scenes. Um, but first we see Simon talking to Zoe, um, telling her that, you know, he told Jessica everything he's been feeling and it was helpful. It was really good to do that, but she doesn't really get it. Like she hasn't experienced anything like that, so she can't relate the way that Zoe does. Um, and he says, you know, it was good advice, but we're just kind of not connecting um so before we get into uh what happens to zoe <laughs> upon hearing that like adam is this where you had a problem with yeah Simon? <laughs> yeah this is my issue uh i really hate this <laughs> i think this is a terrible move uh on simon's part i like this is obviously this serves two purposes here number one to like keep zoe interested and engaged in this like potential romantic endeavor by him throwing this you know line out there um, and then number two to like solve the work stuff that we'll talk about, obviously, uh, as it like continues, but, uh, this is terrible. You don't need to tell your coworker that your fiance didn't connect with you on this thing. Like that is so bad. Keep that internal, uh, never say that to anyone and work on your own stuff with your fiance. Okay. This is, this is terrible. They met like what yesterday that like, the, <laughs> this is so, so bad. <laughs> It's probably been a few days. I don't, I don't know exactly Regardless, the time frame. Yeah, they've only shared um, one cheese quake. Like this is, there's no way that this is something that should be coming up in casual conversation here, at the workplace, nonetheless. This, uh, this is just terrible. Like I get what he's saying, and I, I totally understand him here. Um, but I, I, I see your point. Like this is your fiance. Like you know. Zoe, yeah, is your coworker who you've had one serious conversation with? Like, what are you trying to tell her, really? You know, yeah, yeah exactly. you're trying to connect with her more. I think why? Yeah, exactly. This, see, and this is why I feel very confident about like something happening here because like this is too tantalizing. <laughs> tantalizing. Yeah, Simon is clearly interested in Zoe. Okay, we'll see. Um. So, yes, but basically Simon telling her all this makes Zoe just she what's the word? Um, 
it's a light bulb moment like epiphany epiphany yeah she has an epiphany uh she realizes the problem with the app isn't the app or the watch or anything she runs off and tells everyone like the app and the watch aren't talking to each other the blood pressure reading we're getting it's not a reading it's just the default value we put in like they're not communicating (laughs) and so she starts giving out directions like to leaf and to tobin of what to do right now so that they can fix the problem in time and as she's really displaying these great leadership skills joan is watching and obviously seeing her in action here yeah i think the thing that i really appreciate about this scene was always like giving some tough directions never tobin tries to like push back and talk back or why should we listen to you she doesn't back down she doesn't get nervous she doesn't stutter she just like is like you know well like because if this goes wrong it looks bad for all of us not just you know one of us so just get your butts in gear and just like it's very confident in it and all and i think that's the thing that more than anything else shows joan that zoe could be a manager because it's one thing to to come in and be like oh i solved the problem but it's having that pushback and then being able to corral the coders and not take their gut their thing i think that's the moment that really shows that zoe does have the potential to do a good job as a manager which let's be honest up to this point we really haven't seen we really haven't seen any evidence that she would be good as a manager because it takes very different skills to be a manager than it takes to be a coder you could be the best coder in the world but a, a being able to manage people is a entirely different skill set so i like that they had that moment in there to really show it's not just like oh she had this idea and she's trying to to you know tell people the idea but it's like her actually standing up to tobin who's just been awful the whole episode and you know, not backing down in the face of his awfulness Yeah, and after seeing this, um, Joan has Zoe back in her office and telling her, well, you solved the bug. And so I'm going to ask you again, like, why are you manager material? Um, And we see this time it's totally different than the interview earlier in the episode. Zoe is confident and she says, I'm the best coder here. I really want the job and I have the power and ability to be a great leader. Um, And you can tell that everything she's been through in this episode, probably especially hearing that song from her dad, has, you know, inspired her to be confident in this moment. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we do love that confidence. I don't know how much the work stuff is really going to come into play. I, you know, it, just thinking back to like CXG and how much all the lawyer stuff actually like came, you know, into play in terms of, you know, the actual job. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how much the technology company, you know, kind of comes into play in terms of the story overall. Yes, it's called Spark Point. I don't think we mentioned that yet. Did they even mention it in the show? Like they I don't like a... say it, but it's on the building outside. And like when they walk in, there's a okay. sign that says it. And it's spelled weird. It's like S P R Q point. Yeah. Uh why are why are they so afraid of saying names of things uh in this show? Like, can we just call things what they are? Would it be that hard? I you know, <laughs> I think I they will say it as the show goes on but yeah in this first episode i i wish they'd done more to really establish max spark point <laughs> yeah know, everyone's I, names yeah they, they do like mention like the spark watch which is like their their products they do like have some mentions of like related things but it is you know nothing they really beat you over the head with but we'll see as the show goes on um so then we see a scene with Zoe's family going sailing. So her her mom and dad and her brother 
Um, you know, her mom's clearly nervous at first before they get on the boat. But once they're out there on the water, um, you know, everyone seems to be having a good time. Her mom says this brings up good family memories. It's clearly something they did a lot before when the kids were growing up. Um, and then uh, Zoe's dad kind of reaches his hand out to her mom's hand and holds it. And uh, it's a really sweet moment. And Zoe leans on her dad's shoulder. And you can tell that this was really good for all of them. Yeah. And uh, this was the second point where I shed a tear while watching <laughs> this episode. Um, I, this, Like, to me, I think this is just really good direction. Uh, just, like, just really, really good direction of this scene. Um, someone who has gone through something like this was at least at part in play of the production of this because the one you know the one thing i can say with with certainty and this is again i guess more so about my own like family situation when you know again uh, with my grandfather and and his parkinson's there were good days and there were bad days and uh there were a lot of bad days and uh but but when it came to those good days they were just so important and memorable for little things that, you know, probably sound like nothing. And so, like, even just this moment of them being on the boat and, you know, him reaching his hand out to try and to try and hold his wife's hand there, like, that's it's, it's so powerful. It's so emotional. It's like. Uh, you know, he he's unable to communicate. He's really been struggling, obviously. Everyone else has really been struggling. They've been struggling to connect as a family here. And uh, they have this moment that was, you know, spurred out of Zoe's understanding of what's going on in her dad's head. And then from that, they connect again as a family here. And like, gosh, it's like, it, you know, it's it's just one of the little things. I I have a lot of stories about, you know, um, one of the things that both of my grandparents really uh, inspired me to do was play the piano. That was how I learned how to start playing music and understanding music. I learned Georgie Porgy Pumpkin Pie when I was two and a half years old on my grandmother's little organ that she had there. Um, and both of them were were always people that like really supported and understood like that musical element of things. Um, and there was, uh, it was, you know, just a couple months before my grandfather passed that I was, uh, was playing on their piano, um, while we were visiting because he always used to love it. And they, you know, just, just like little moments of like seeing someone in that position smile for the first time in months because they just had been unable to, or like just these little things that like when you're in this situation where things are deteriorating so quickly, you don't really know what to do when you have those good days or those good moments, it just like sweeps you up in emotion. And I think that this scene did such a good job of representing how that feels and what that looks like. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be big things. It could just be holding, holding hands for a few seconds, like just little things. Um, I, I really love this, like such a huge win for Zoe and her family, such a huge win for her father, such a huge win for her mother. Just, I, I, I really liked it. Very potent, very emotional. Uh, got me all up in my feels uh, as I was watching this both times. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I forgot how emotional just even the first episode is. Like, you know, like I said, I've only seen this once. So, you know, I remember vaguely everything that happens, but I, I don't remember all the details. So, yeah, this scene is also emotional. Um, 
And yeah, I think this episode does an amazing job of of setting up the show. Um, so we have one more scene. So uh, we see Zoe wake up again, hearing Moe's singing. But this time, you know, she actually kind of smiles. Like it seems like uh, she's getting more more used to it or more appreciative of it. Um, we see her walk into work. Uh, Leaf and Tobin congratulate her on the promotion. I don't know how genuine it is, but yeah, they <laughs> I'd say put put like square coat quotes around congratulate, especially Tobin's. I think it's, it's harder to tell with Leaf, uh, but but Tobin definitely because he has to throw another jab in there because it's Tobin. Yeah, and then you know Simon tells her good morning, and she walks up to Max, who asks how she's feeling. Um, and she basically says, you know, thank you so much for being a great friend. Like you've been my rock. Um, and I haven't even told you like what's been going on with me lately. <laughs> um, and it seems like she might kind of want to do that now, but then Max starts singing to her a song called, I think I love you. Uh, and the message there is pretty clear. <laughs> uh, he loves her. <laughs> um, and when he stops singing, he's like at the top of the stairs and her face is clearly shocked. And he's like, what? <laughs> and so she is just totally surprised by this. And that's where the episode cuts off. So it's a big revelation. I don't know that this is totally unexpected, but for Zoe, it certainly is. Yeah, not even remotely unexpected. Uh, also, at least in my opinion, probably the worst song of the episode, which is a shame because I really like Skylar Aston. And so this is like unfortunate to be the worst song, at least in my opinion. Um, and, you know, very transparent, like obvious ending to the first episode, right? Like we're setting up multiple romantic things. We're giving, you know, Zoe that kind of, you know, situation. And so it's, it's not surprising at all that we are getting to this point of, okay, we're ending the first episode. There's some potential romantic interests. What's going to happen? Yeah. I think I would probably agree with you about being one, if not the worst and one of the worst uh, songs of the episode. It's, it's weirdly choreographed. And I don't know how much of that is just, because I haven't seen Skylar Aston dance a lot necessarily. So I don't know if it's like his dancing one, but it just, it feels off compared to some of the other numbers that we see with some really great choreography earlier in the episode. So that kind of throws it off for me. And I like the song like in general, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something about it that doesn't a hundred percent work for me. Like you said, it's a shame because you know, we talked about last week with the pitch perfect, you know, love Skylar ass and all the songs on that. I love this just doesn't quite work for me as much as I would have hoped Max's first song for the show would have worked for me. Yeah, I don't, It, you know, it's, it's not super memorable. Um, and it's clearly really there for one purpose to demonstrate that, you know, Max is in love with Zoe, um, but hasn't obviously actually told her. Um, so we just have to see how she deals with this going forward because he didn't actually admit this. She just like, could kind of read his mind. So how is she gonna <laughs> how is she gonna go forward with that information that she's not actually supposed to know? Yeah, is she gonna use it like she did with Simon in a way that as she described herself earlier as an adorable psycho? Or is she going to completely, you know, bottle it up and try to pretend it never happened? Or, you know, how is she going to, you know, react to the fact that her powers are giving her insight into her best friend's mind and that she now learned something that she really probably didn't need to know. 
Yeah. And I, you know, obviously telling him straight up, uh, it's not really on the table. Um, and so I, I think one of my bigger questions coming away from the first episode, especially about this ending, uh, we didn't get a great glimpse in terms of how she feels about him. Um, just like my gut instinct, at least just from what I've seen, is that she probably feels more uh, like friendship uh, than anything romantic because of the crush that we saw on Simon. And so you know, that was more of the romantic element of it. But we like didn't see a ton on how she feels about him, per se. Uh, at least in that sense. And so that'll be interesting going forward. Uh, Cause I think that probably would dictate what you would do with that information. Cause if you liked him, that makes it pretty easy to, to, you know, put those two puzzle pieces together. But if you don't, then it gets a little tricky. And I think the show is making us think that it's going to be a little tricky, which is making me think that she probably doesn't, at least not at this point. Although yeah. am I allowed to make a free prediction of they're probably going to date or hook up at some point? <laughs> <laughs> that feels like free, that feels like easy money. But the, the, make all the like predictions the, you want. Yeah, okay. that's like almost like the free space on the prediction wheel. It does, like but I'm but still going to make it. Yeah, definitely, definitely make it. Uh, so uh, yeah, that. So as we've reached the end of the episode, are there any other? big predictions of things that you, you want to get out there i mean if, if not that's fine but is there anything else that you're thinking a uh might might come up i think i i think i just need a little bit more of like familiarity with yeah the, just the tone of the show a little bit um i you know I, again i don't know how much like work stuff there is there i feel like the other employees are going to continue to be annoying um I'm very interested to see how Mo interacts with the other characters on the show, because one of the other things that I know I said earlier, like normally that role would be filled by like a best friend or a coworker or something. Um, there's not really like a natural way to get Mo more involved with the other characters we've seen thus far uh, outside of just Zoe, unless there's like some kind of function or party or like outside of work situation that Zoe's doing. And based on what we've seen from Zoe, I don't think that like, she's throwing a lot of parties. Um, maybe, I guess maybe that's wrong, but I don't know. Um, and so, but so I'm, I'm very interested to see kind of where Mo goes, but, uh, I'll, I'll try and have a few more predictions, uh, the next couple episodes here. It'll, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just go willy nilly making a bunch of predictions. Uh, just, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. After season one, it'll be interesting to predict what happened to season two. I feel like that's going to be prime prediction territory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be a, a spot where you'll have a lot more to base the ideas off of. Yeah. Um, Lenny, do you have any other questions for Adam after his first a, uh, first episode? Anything I do. Else about? Oh. Did you like it? Like, how? <laughs> where, where were you on the scale of like, oh, I loved it. I can't wait to watch the rest to like totally uninterested i i know you aren't down there but you know where'd yeah, you land I, I think i mean i really did enjoy it i think it was a, a really great episode of television um i i it wouldn't be a show at least thus far that i would be tempted to binge it, it didn't feel to me like a show that i wanted to binge and so i actually like that we're kind of going on this weekly uh you know situation whereas i feel like chg was actually really good to binge um and so, you know, just, you know, off the bat with that, I liked most of the characters. Uh, I hope that I'm going to like Zoe more in future episodes. It wasn't that I didn't like her. I really did, but I didn't 
like love her like I did with Rebecca right at the very beginning of CXG like Rebecca felt to me like such a character that I was like behind right from the very beginning and wanted her to succeed and you know uh, achieve everything she wanted to achieve right off the bat I don't know that I necessarily feel that way about Zoe right off the rip but I think that it's certainly possible that that could change going forward um and I overall, I really liked the show. I'm excited for more music. I think that there's a lot of really amazing and talented voices here. So I, I hope that we use those to our benefit. I hope that they bring in a lot of guests and celebrities, a la Glee, uh, to give us like more unique voices like that. I don't know if they will or not. I literally have no idea. Um, but I hope they do more stuff like that. Um, and then the only other complaint that I have uh, is that the commercials on Roku are about three times as loud as the show itself. And that is one of my least favorite things ever. Uh, I don't even really mind watching the commercials. It's just that they're so loud that I cannot stand them. Uh, that's my only real complaint. Do you get have on Netflix? I don't know. Maybe I don't pay for Peacock. Is there a paid version of Peacock? There's a yes. paid, but like I get it for free, I guess. From yeah, what? How do you from like your... uh, Xfinity? Oh, I don't. I don't pay for Peacock. So yeah, but Peacock does have like free some stuff free, some stuff not. I'm not sure if Zoe is part of the free stuff or not. But you might check that out because it probably also has commercials, but they might be not as jarring as the Roku commercials. They are normal because uh, <laughs> I I was watching it on Peacock and it was just regular. Commercial. I've never watched anything on Roku before, so I have I have like no frame of reference. I don't I didn't even know Roku was a thing. To be honest with you, I just thought it was my brand of TV, and so I <laughs> didn't even know that it was like a channel. That's um, the yeah. channel that made the movie. <laughs> wow, where are they getting their money production? Okay, whatever. Well, uh, they sell <laughs> a lot of TVs and devices, don't they? I guess, yeah. but man. yeah, because like that's what like my dad has a Roku device. That's how like I stream stuff to my dad's TV whenever I visit him is through through his Roku device. Yeah, and I have a Roku TV. Is the other thing, uh, which you know what I'm I kind of anti Roku TV because when I moved to St. Louis, I lost the remote. Uh, and I couldn't find it. And Roku TVs are the ones that don't have buttons anywhere on the TV. So I couldn't even turn it on to like get it to work with. It. I had to like go find an, I had to go buy a freaking universal remote and then you go can, to, it was so annoying. And then I had to also download an app on your no, phone. Cause it not to pair originally the TV has to be on in order to actually get oh, the app to like pair with it. I couldn't really? pair it with an off TV cause I couldn't connect it to the internet. Todd. It was, I just, Oh, moved. wow. It's a, it was a mess. And then I found my actual remote. And so now I have two remotes for the TV, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, that's my only little, whatever. That's the Roku of it all, but that's a whole separate situation. Well, that's our episode. That's the episode season one, episode one of Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Uh, just, a, you know, we really did that recap a, a very expedited, uh, way here. So we're back to our, back to our normal ways of two hours per recap. That's good to see. <laughs> um, Okay. We had the first episode. There's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, certainly, that's a, a very fair point here. Okay, we have five songs this episode. Uh, can I just ask a general question? And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Uh, are we going to be getting this many songs like frequently throughout? There, because the other thing we didn't say, they're for whatever 42 minute episodes, and so like you know, doing covers of songs is not unrealistic to think we're going to have three, four, five songs. Are we going to have like a lot of songs? We would never have five in CXG. Yeah. 
I believe so. Uh, okay. It's one of those things that uh, I'd have to like double check, but I know whenever I was trying to schedule guests who had, because we're going to have some guests on who are like you have never seen the show before. So I was trying to look at, okay, what episodes that we have available, what are some of the songs or some of the plot lines, everything like that. And it did seem uh, just looking that each episode does have a, a good amount of songs that they weren't just like, cramming a whole bunch in just because it was the pilot i feel like most episodes will have a fair amount of songs i don't know if it's always going to be like this many but i think more often than not they're going to be more than there were on a typical episode of cxg okay i think it, it helps that they're not having to write they're not songs. original songs yeah that's very big for sure uh okay so uh help me with uh how we are scoring these we're still going to do them out of five but we're calling them something else that i don't know lindy what are, what are we what are we calling them here well, we're going to rate them out of five spark points. Five spark points. <laughs> because the company that Zoe works at is called Spark Point. So we okay. figured uh, zero to five spark points per song. <laughs> Amazing. So still on a zero to five scale here, uh, five songs. The first one is Help. Uh, I have to like start at a base here of something. Uh, I think this was very fun, but ultimately going to be mediocre in terms of what I think think the rest of the show is going to be based on the high end of this episode that's kind of how i'm doing this here uh i'm at a 2.6 uh for help and so i honestly i don't know if that's going to be low or high compared to what else <laughs> we're going to see but that's where i'm at uh lindy what about you yeah i think this is going to be the hardest batch of songs to rate because it's the first episode like we gotta calibrate kind yeah. of how we I, rate these i think we can we can you know reserve the right to go back and adjust these scores at a later date if we find that they're uh, way off. But yeah, it's, I was sitting here thinking the same thing. Oh yeah, what am I going to score these? Yeah, we've got it's also out. harder because with CXG, we are like we're rating like the lyrics, how well they were written, how funny they were, along with the performance and everything. Whereas here it's more like it's performance, it's how well it works in the concept of the show. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. So it's a little bit yeah. harder because I, we're not just like, you know, because I could love a song and not love the way that they performed the song, which you didn't necessarily get with CXG all that often. Uh, so that, so I'm probably going to be judging more on how they interpreted a song rather than the songs themselves a lot. But it's going to be hard to calibrate how my scores are going to work with that. Yeah, so uh, I could change this later, but I'm thinking for help. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with a three. Okay, uh, and Todd, um, I'm a little bit higher on both of you. I think a uh, uh, I really enjoyed the way that it brought in like a wide group of people, a uh, together, and I like the way that uh, you know it really did to me like sum up like the idea of the of her powers that people are, are needing her help. And so uh, I might not have been as high on it the first time I watched it, but on this rewatch, I think that really resonated with me. So uh, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, yeah, certainly higher on it than we are. Uh, Todd, we'll stay with you. Mad World, the second song of the episode. I mean, this is an easy five for me. Uh, we talked about it a lot, like just like the performances by both Simon and Zoe in this and the scene, but it's just Simon's vocal performance is beautifully sung, but also just like the acting of it all. It's just like perfectly a, uh, shows the potential of songs and performances for the series. Yep. I couldn't agree more. It is also a five for me. Uh, Lindy, what about you? 
Yep, first full five of the show right off the bat. What do we so? What do we call it? It's yeah. not a full um, bowl of pretzels. Uh, a very full... sparky point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A pointy spark. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll workshop it. We'll we'll come up with something. Yeah, there's, we gotta, there's gotta have, be something. There's gotta be something better than that. Uh, Lenny, we'll stay with you. All I do is win. Um, you know, two point five. Oh, okay. Lindy's uh, a little bit lower on it uh, than I would have thought. Uh, I'm at like a 3.1. I actually thought the performance was very, very fun. Um, and like there was a lot of energy here. Plus a dance break for a song. You're probably always going to get above a three for me. But uh, okay, Todd, uh, what about you? All I do is win. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit higher, but not a lot higher. I think I'm going to 3.5. I do want to mention, I was looking up a, a earlier and uh, that performance actually won a primetime Emmy for best choreography. Mm. Uh, it was like a combo like this and two other songs in the series all grouped together that they're nominated for but yeah they won a uh, won the prime domain for best choreography okay well there you go um but they you know what they didn't win a, a pointy spark or whatever you <laughs> call it um true colors gosh uh i think i have to give this another five i'm gonna i have to be liberal in my fives early on um i guess i don't really have to be but i'm going to be uh, this was a ridiculously powerful performance, and I like I, there wasn't like intense choreography or anything like crazy happening there, but it was like emotional and understanding choreography, and I think like that is sometimes even more impressive to me to to execute at a high level than like dancing or or anything like that. And so I think like this was really really impressive. That's a full five for me, uh, Lindy. What about you? Yeah, I think with the emotional impact of the scene and how well done it is, it has to get a five from me. Um, yeah, this is going to be different than Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's not like, oh, the song True Colors gets a full five for me. Um, it's really about what it means in the show and how they do it. And I thought this was excellent. So, Yep. And Todd. Yeah, uh, I'm with Lindy. It's not so much like the, the song itself as like how it fits in with everything and how it conveys the emotion and all. And yeah, this one is definitely a five. And Todd, we'll stay with you. The final song. I think I love you. Uh, yeah, man. I think I'm going to go with a 2.9. Uh, I don't hate it, but it's definitely my least favorite song. I still like the song enough and I like the way that it like deploys information. I also think it's fun the way Zoe doesn't know the song at all. And so she's actually completely surprised whenever he, he utters the line that says the message of the song. I think that's a funny moment. So it's not going to get a horrible score for me, but not a great score either. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty low score for me, partially because I know the potential of Skylar Aston, and I think that is like really hurting this. Uh, understandable, yeah. I'm at a one point six. I thought it was very predictable. Like some of the choreography was really good, and at the end of the day, like it is Skylar Aston, but like really, this is not it for me. Uh, Lindy, what about you? That is so specific. A one point six. Like I just. Yeah, I, we've been doing. I've been doing this. You know, I've been doing decimal points since the very beginning. I know. I guess it just stands out to me because this is our first episode of the new show. It's fine. <laughs> um, for this one, I, I'm going to go 2.5, I think. Okay. Uh, same as all I do is win. Very interesting. Well, I, you know, I'm going to think about it. I'll let you know next week if I change my mind on any of these. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, we reserve the right to do whatever the hell we want with these because it's our thing. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are also going to uh, do our uh, character spotlight here. We called it truly happy last time. Lindy, we're not calling it that this time. What are we doing? Uh, so it's similar to truly happy, but for this show specifically, we're going to call it, uh, you know, each episode, we're going to ask which character made my heart sing. Um, so these are going to be our heart song points. And while that terminology did not come up in this episode, according to Todd, it comes up in episode two. And I remembered it from the show. So it does tie into the show. Adam will see that very soon. Um, so that's what we're going to call it. Okay, so uh we'll start with todd todd which character made your heart sing uh for me the character that i enjoyed the most in the episode the one who like brought me the most uh joy and had the most joie de vivre of every character was mo uh mo is right. the character who uh, really made my heart sing in this episode uh okay very interesting uh so it's mo for todd um lindy what about you who made your heart sing this episode uh for this one i'm gonna go with zoe um i think that obviously a lot of this episode was focused on her i think she is going through a lot right now um she's just totally at the beginning of coming to terms with this weird musical power that she has um but she's kind of taking it in stride uh she's connecting with people she's learning a lot she's going through a hard time with her dad but then has this wonderful breakthrough takes some sailing so i just had to go with our main character zoe here yeah uh zoe was in second place for me for this um i don't know how i don't pick mitch here I think just based on everything we saw, especially that performance of True Colors, um, like the impact that he is having on Zoe, I think is just so powerful. Um, so I'm going to go with Mitch uh, for this first episode here. I don't know how many uh, uh, I don't know how many points he's going to get uh, throughout the course of the series. Um, I don't even make it the course of the series. I'm all right, I'm throwing in another prediction. Uh, Mitch dies at some point here. Already, I don't I know when. Could be any point in the series. I'm not going to put a timeline on that. Um, Alrighty. Okay. Yeah. Mitch gets my truly happy point this time. Uh, and that's it. That's our episode. Season one, episode one of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. A tight two and a half or two fifteen. Not bad. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Uh, too too bad. A uh, the game corns on Yadis, or we could have gotten a nice uh, three hour episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't even believe that. <laughs> um it's okay uh because this was great this was so much fun exciting to be back in the swing of things talking about a new show new characters new songs to talk about um new us here uh, for one of this girl podcast here in the new year uh 2023 this is very exciting um anything else about the series as a whole anything to preface with going forward any thoughts on the opening episode uh, anything that we have not said in the last two hours and 15 minutes that needs to be said right now before we get out of here. Lindy's um, saying no. Todd maybe yeah. has something. Yeah, I just think uh, it'll be, I think it'd be nice uh, since unlike 6G, since Adam doesn't know what's coming out, I thought the thing that they used to do on community building is like just mention like the title of the next episode. Just give a little teaser of what the next sort of thing might be because kind of like 6G had formulas to most of the episode titles. Zoe has a very specific formula where every episode is entitled Zoe's Extraordinary fill in the blank 
Okay. Uh, so to kind of will kind of give you an idea, and I think this one will make a this one makes a lot of sense uh, considering how the first episode ended. But the next episode is called Zoe's Extraordinary Best Friend. So I think a uh, kind of might be able to guess a little bit about where you know what the focus of that episode is going to be after the first one uh how it ended but i think moving yeah. forward they might be a little bit more nebulous yeah but you've of course got the big proclamation there so uh it'll they better deal with that fallout <laughs> in the next episode or else that would be really unfortunate um okay let's get out of here uh and done with this episode lindy uh what are you doing these days where can people find you if they want more tv lindy in their life uh, well, the main place they can find me, honestly, is this podcast. So I'm sorry that I'm not available <laughs> in so many different places like some of us. Um, but I hope you enjoy me here. And <laughs> I am on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter, 1CXG podcast. Uh, that is from our crazy ex-girlfriend days, but I don't think we're changing it. So there you have it. And I did just want to say... Um, we, I don't think we mentioned this, but just in case if we have any new listeners who have found us because we're talking about Zoe's extraordinary playlist and you have never listened to us before, like, welcome. We are so glad to have you here. Uh, we're really excited about covering this show. Um, so definitely let us know if you're, if you're new here. Um, yeah, we, we are so excited. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can tweet at us. We will you know, happily uh, uh, talk to anyone who is uh, new to the show. That's very exciting. Uh, Todd, what about you? Where can people find you? What are you doing? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian has too many characters. Uh, outside that, I don't really have any other irons in the fire. There are a couple of uh, possible guest spots on some PSR shows that are coming out soon that I have possibly in the works, but that's a little ways off. So I'll mention those as they become more concrete. But other than that place, you can always find me is in the post show recaps discord where I am talking with Adam and Lindy and lots of our other uh, friends of the pod about TV shows and movies and dungeon and dragons and all that sort of stuff. I actually did my first dungeon and dragons live game as a DM uh, there uh, right for the holidays which was fun and stressful and lasted even longer than this podcast uh by quite a bit uh but yeah you can always come and find us there and come join us hang out it's a lot of fun yeah it's a blast you can uh find me over there a couple of places i'm adam h you can find me on twitter at piano man adam one uh, a couple podcasts that have just recently ended but as we're starting i'll just mention those briefly here final fantasy 7 remake with brooklyn zed is over I basically wrote a dissertation on the soundtrack uh, in the Potion Recaps Discord, so you can go check out that. Um, I also uh, recorded a cover of one of the songs that really spoke to me in there. So if you want to hear me uh, sing that cover of one of the Final Fantasy VII Remake songs, uh, go listen to that. It's a very, very hard song to sing. Um, the other podcast that ended with Myth was uh, Mythic Quest, which we talked about earlier with myself and Jessica Sterling. We finished season three. Great season. Really, really great ending. Um, loved getting to talk to you through that with Jess. Excited for the future of Mythic Quest as well as some of the spinoff shows there that I'm sure we'll talk about as well. Uh, actually, podcasts that are still happening. Uh, Who A, Doctor Who podcast with myself, Kevin Mahade, and Melissa Woodward. We just did uh, uh, Gridlock a couple weeks ago. We're doing Daleks in Manhattan coming up as well. Uh, so exciting there. Come chat with us uh, about Doctor Who. Um, and then finally, uh, the newest project, myself and the absolutely incredible Sarah Ferguson are talking through season two of How I Met Your Father. 
Uh, we started off with a preview podcast talking about the original show, I Met Your Mother, and then season one as well. And then we'll be talking about the premiere of season two on the 24th as it happens. And then we're going to be releasing an episode every other week covering two episodes um, because it is a 20 episode season. It is a full season of television, which is so exciting. Um, and myself and Sarah are going to be covering that over on Potion Recaps as well. But of course, the most important place you can find me is right back here where next week we will be doing Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Season 1, Episode 2. And until then, bye.